Babies are being vaporized. Adam Curry, John C. Devorak. It's Sunday, April 17th, 2022. This is your award-winning Gimmo Nation Media Assassination, episode 1443. This is No Agenda. Probing the poison pill and broadcasting live from the heart of the Texas Hill Country here in FEMA region number six. In the morning, everybody. I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where I'm looking forward to yak burgers tonight. I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill in the morning. Yes, this is a uh, typical California staple for Easter. Yak burgers? It used to be rabbit. <laughs> Yeah, rabbit. Growing up in the Netherlands, I remember that. Uh, in the 70s, people would always be eating rabbit. We had a uh, nice little French restaurant uh, to go. To oh, go this is the one that closed. Nearby. This is the one that closed. Yeah, they got a, He went to France and had a stroke. That's great. That doesn't so, help. Uh, no, they closed. <laughs> yeah, they closed. <laughs> they closed. And he used to have rabbit. A la mutard all the time. It, is, it was a, a to go meal. A la liptard? Delicious. Rabbit yeah. a la liptard? Uh, yeah, a, a <laughs> rabbit liptard. <laughs> we just made a new dish. I think we need to publish a recipe. Yeah. Rabbit. I liked a la liptard better, though. Yeah. So, yak burgers. Where'd you get the yak? Uh, Mimi got the yak from a supplier in Montana. Nice. But there's a bunch of yak. Uh, it seems as though most of the yak grown for consumption is there in Texas. Yes. A lot Another of these ranches. Not yeah. taking advantage of. No. No. I got to. You know, we'll, we'll get into it. We're, everyone right now is just uh, collecting rice and canned goods <laughs> here, here in the hill country. It's really true. It's a silent kind of thing that's going on. Everyone's talking about, yeah, you know, I got me these big, uh, these big buckets, and I got some plastic, and what are you gonna do with it? I'll put rice in there. <laughs> Why? Well, I don't know, man. Doesn't feel right. What's going on? Put some rice in there. Aye. Yeah, people getting the polishing up their hunting rifles, the crossbows. <laughs> yeah, they're preparing here in the hill country. Right. Why don't I'd like to get the Elon Musk news out of the way right away because there's something in there that we need to discuss as it pertains to the show. Do you have any Elon Musk clips? I do. I do. No, me. I don't. Do th- I have any? No, no. You have some serious, uh, serious series and sequences, I see. So that'll oh, yeah, be interesting. I got bunches of those. Yeah. Musk, 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 Musk. No, Musk. no. How about I, this? Actually, no, there is a Musk in here. Yes. And I know what it is. Uh, in fact, it happens to be part of that one series, that long series on women online. Well, let's wait for that then. Let's just go through. Let's go through the the top line, and then if you want, we can get into women online. Yeah, it has to do with Musk because okay. he's going to ruin it for everybody. <laughs> well, he, as I predicted, he's going to ruin Twitter, and I think he's well on his way. Twitter's board of directors with a major counterattack designed to block Elon Musk's forty three billion dollar bid. Members agreeing on a poison pill strategy that could slow or even prevent a corporate takeover like the one Musk proposed. But as ABC's Kaylee Hartung tells us, this is not foolproof. Tonight, after Elon Musk's bid to take over Twitter, the company's board fighting back with a corporate defense tactic known as a poison pill. If Ooh. Musk or anyone else acquires 15% or more of the social media platform, Twitter will allow other existing shareholders to buy additional shares at a discount. Just last week, Musk disclosing that he now owns more than 9% of the company, making him one of the largest shareholders. It puts a blockade up from Musk if he wants to go down the corporate radar route. 
to ultimately limit his ability to build shares. It's Twitter's latest move to box out the world's wealthiest man. Last week, they offered him a seat on their board. When he found out he wouldn't be allowed to publicly criticize the company, he turned it down. Twitter has become kind of the de facto town square. Just hours after announcing his $43 billion offer to buy Twitter on Twitter, Musk appearing at a TED conference, saying his buyout is extremely important to the future of civilization. But he was evasive when asked what he'll do if his offer is rejected. Is there a plan B? There is. And Cecilia, Twitter says this plan is similar to other plans adopted by publicly held companies in comparable circumstances. Now, Elon Musk is known to be unpredictable, so it's a wait and see game for what his next move will be. Yeah, yeah, this is, uh, you know, it's keeping Twitter alive, that's for sure. That's all the conversation seems to be on Twitter. Oh, man, Elon, oh, he's going to do this, oh, he's going to do that. Now, the poison pill is, uh, as far as I know from my public company experience, is not seen as a positive thing for the market. Uh, I think you're right, yeah. Poison pills are considered a negative thing. Because even if someone else, I mean, I thought that at least maybe we'd get a bidding war. I'm sure there was maybe one, perhaps two, maybe existing shareholders who would have wanted to counter Elon's bid, but they too would be subject to this poison pill, correct? Uh, Everyone would be, yeah. Yeah. So that... I mean, Monday, this seems like the stock should open down and Elon should be selling into it. Well, that may be his plan B. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think he has any other plan B. But as I said, what Elon does is he destroys things, comes in, he destroys things. And this is a destruction of Twitter, which I'm personally quite happy about. Now, (laughs) what was interesting is the, the response from... Uh, in this case, I just have to say uh, the left, the politically left leaning who dominate Twitter, thanks to its uh, content policies. And I was so surprised how well this one and it, and, and it was not wrong to, to look at Mika Brzezinski saying, hey, controlling the message, the narrative, that's yeah, that our clip. job. But the, yeah, of course, I have this clip because we played it for the first time in 2017. This is a new version of it. No, it's the same clip. It's the Are same. Are you sure? Because yes. they're talking about uh, about Twitter being taken over by Musk. No, no. The, if you if you look at the tweet that everyone retweeted, it says Mika Brzezinski talking about Elon, but she's not. This was talking about Trump back in 2017, about him possibly, um, uh, uh, you know, creating a media company, etc. She does not mention Trump in the uh, Elon in this. It is the same clip. I went back. So I you're checked. telling me that that clip? I don't have a copy. I, didn't I do. I have three it. copies, but, of course. But well, I don't know about the "of course" part of that. But uh, well, see, are you as, telling me this is just a recycled old clip that's being pawned off? Yes, sir. Uh, I'm not an officer, but okay. Huh, Nor a gentleman. See, I did not catch that. Yeah. I, well, this is, I was going to say that this is why you support this show. Now. There's two of I us. I do support the show. <laughs> there's two of there's two of us, luckily, and I caught this right away. I'm like, oh my god, this is a recycled clip. But it was so interesting that whoever launched this first put in uh, Mika Brzezinski talking about Elon Musk taking over Twitter. And if you listen, there's no mention of Elon in the clip. And I went back, and yes, I do have three copies of the clip because we played it three times throughout the show's history since 2017, um, and. Although she still said it, which is the beauty of it. It got almost no traction back then. But 
be aware that when people post stuff, this is manipulative. And lots of people fell for it. People even argued me on it. <laughs> it's like, well, here, why don't I send you the clip from 2017? Here it is. Exactly. Right. And that is, that's exactly what I hear. What Yamiche just said is what I hear from all the Trump supporters that I talk to who were Trump voters and are still Trump supporters. They go, yeah, you guys are going crazy. He's doing, what are you so surprised about? He's doing exactly what he said he's going to do. Well, and I think that the dangerous you know, edges here are that he's trying to undermine the media, trying to make up his own facts. And it could be that while unemployment and uh, the, the economy worsens, he could have undermined the messaging so much that he can actually control right. uh, exactly what people think and that is the that is our job yes (laughs) yeah that was 2017 but she said it because that's exactly how the left in the united states think they think hey hey we we need to control this everything that is that we deem dumb unscientific stupid conspiratorial that should be kicked off so now let's play something from the tards from 2022 this is my hate listen uh the professor and kara ann uh, better known as uh, Scott Galloway and Kara Swisher, but that's now my new name, the Professor and Kara Ann. And they're talking, they can't get enough of talking about Elon. But listen to what, what their thinking is. It's really outdated thinking considering how this podcast has thrived for 15 years. When he has a vision for Mars, Mm -hmm. it's the right vision. And I think he can articulate something really compelling. And I don't understand half of what he's saying. I'm like, this guy knows what he's talking about. When he talks about Mm -hmm. moving equipment into the atmosphere for less money using reusable rockets, when he talks about electric vehicles, he he has absolutely no vision here other than First Amendment blather. He hasn't been able Mm -hmm. to articulate. Not First Amendment, yeah. Yeah. Okay, but there's none of it makes any sense. What does he want to kill a live puppy on Twitter Spaces? What what Hmm. what is he talking about? Free speech. Yeah. All right. So why wouldn't he buy? Why why wouldn't he just buy? Gab, Parlor, True Social, Rumble, Mastodon, Diaspora. Why wouldn't he do that? Because this is the, this is the prize. Well, okay, why wouldn't he? My Great Dane just took a dump the size of a Tyrannosaurus Rex. Why wouldn't he buy that? <laughs> There's more value in that than any of the firms you just mentioned. Here, <laughs> okay. True Social, Getter, and yeah. what's the other one? Gab, Gab, it's popular. Parlor, Mastodon, Rumble, Rumble. They Rumble's love they love this whole big First Amendment free speech thing, and because mm-hmm. they want to they want to wallpaper over the fact that more people they're not very good business more yeah. people are downloading uh curtains.com app then they're then they're there's nobody yeah. on these platforms they don't work yeah, yeah. They're so, just, but they're, they are on twitter so this is the one this is the one that someone wants to own oh this says it all wow <laughs> I, I mean i'm i'm not doing it but i i was gonna i, I mean i could easily give you a clip of the day for no no we that can't that's, I, I won't up. accept it i won't accept it for a hate clip it's i i cannot in good conscience accept clip I of the day for a hate clip. clip no for a hate listener you're and a hate relishing clip. those clips so a couple things here first of all the the first amendment free speech blather what does he want to do kill a puppy on twitter spaces so, by the way, is Twitter Spaces still a thing? Apparently. <laughs> I no, guess, not that I know of. I guess so. Yeah, I'm sure it is. I'm sure people use it. Um, but then, Kara Swisher, technology uh, opinionist for the New York Times, talks about Mastodon as if it's for sale. 
idiot. No, you can't buy Mastodon. And then they both agree that these platforms don't work. This 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 free speech First Amendment blather, no one wants it. It's less popular than the curtains.com app. And so this well, this but well, yes. First of all, if that's the way you feel, then what's the what's the bitch? <laughs> yeah. Well, I think he's probably a shareholder of Twitter, so he's annoyed. Uh, he doesn't like. Oh, he's a shareholder, so he's going to make ten bucks a share out of the blue, and he's annoyed. What's wrong with these people? But the thing that they're missing is that when you take all those names and you put them together, that's where the power is. That is the power of the decentralized world we're moving toward. That's what we're a part of. That's what NoAgendaSocial.com is a part of. Yeah, are they are they are they worth billions of dollars? No, not at all. Are, are they worth billions of dollars to us, to the No Agenda Gitmo Nation? Yeah, yeah, of course. It's it's our lifeline. It works. It works really well. We communicate with other groups. We get pissed off. We do whatever we want. And these guys are still in the oh, let's keep all that free speech blather out of the way. <laughs> They're gonna lose so hard. <laughs> this is gonna be so bad. Anyway, yeah, uh, I'm glad Elon is ruining Twitter. That's a good. That's a good thing. All right, now let's do your Elon in the women online, if that's where you want to go now. Well, I might as well, because yeah. I do have Elon is used as a hook. Ooh. It's very creative. They have this woman come on who just did a book about women being, you know, being excoriated online. And I got way too many clips of this, but it's so interesting, to, at least to me. You can kill this this whole bit if you if you think it's not good. But I'll tell you this. I like the way they use Elon. They use Elon as a hook at the beginning, and then they use him as a hook at the end. It's got nothing to do with Elon. It's so they use Elon as bookends, is what you're saying? Pretty much. Yeah. And so, uh, an Elon sandwich. Let's <laughs> uh, go. W- women online, NPR. Tech titan Elon Musk has launched a hostile bid to take over Twitter, the social media platform favored by many politicians, celebrities, and journalists. That's because he says he's a free speech absolutist, and he says the platform now has too many rules about what people can say. But our next guest says there's a group of people who are essentially censored on social media right now. Women, especially women of color and public-facing women. What? Women of color have the loudest voice in all media right now. Are you kidding me? You don't even have to know what a form nine ninety is. If hey, you're, hey, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm you, sorry. You're you're like I'm you're like the making it sound like the, the, these two women they're going to be yakking away here are full of crap. No, I'm when sorry. They are indeed because of the vicious, sexist, and racist abuse they're subjected Woo! to online. <laughs> Nina Jankowicz is known for her research on online disinformation and its effect on democracy. Her latest book is called How to. To be a woman online. It describes the dis- <laughs> well. Uh, ask Mark Pugner. He knows how you should be online. Disturbing detail: the vastly disproportionate attacks that women face compared to men when they try to have an online presence. And she's with us now to tell us more. Nina Jenkins, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Oh yeah. Now she didn't do it right. Yeah, she's another pro. She's hi, hi, hi. hi. Now, Imogen, do we know where she's from? What is her? She's a re- she's one of the researchers. No, she's like a book writer, and she's come up. So, with so Elon Musk books. is is basically the prototype a hole who uh, bugs women online. That's the kind of the association that I think they just made. What you just heard, mm-hmm. uh, which I think was what's the word I should look for? Chicken, chicken shit. shit. <laughs> yes, chicken so, shit. 
It's very chicken shit. So here we go. But that now, now it starts getting broken. I, I'll break this up into segments because the, and the ending was some dumb thing. Although I'm being obviously a misogynist by even suggesting such a thing. But let's go with part two. All right. Give it to me straight. How bad is it? Give us some parameters about how to think about this. Well, you know, it, it's hard to put a number on things because it's hard to detect this harassment a lot. The harassers online are quite creative in the ways that they harass women. But when my team at the Wilson Center sought to document some of the harassment during the 2020 presidential campaign, over a period of two months on six social media platforms, we found over 336,000 pieces of gendered or sexualized abuse and disinformation directed at just 10 U.S. candidates. And most of that was directed at then vice presidential candidate Kamala Harris, 78% of it, in fact. So that's just a short period of time, just a few platforms. And when you compare what women receive, as some of my colleagues have done in other organizations with what their male counterparts receive, it's just far and away much, much worse, especially if you're a woman of color or a woman of an intersectional identity. Abuse and disinformation, a new category. What's the intersectional thing, I wonder? What does that even mean? Half the I time? don't know, but I want to hear examples. Have I want you to ever hear what gotten any harassment online ever? No, every I guess every not, day, every single day, every day, someone says something ugly to me. Yes, and does every it hurt day. your feelings deeply? Usually not. Oh, well, then you're just a hard, hard-hearted bastard. Sometimes someone will say something that, yeah, of course. Sometimes people can be very mean and say something very hurtful, and yeah, it bugs me. But you know, it's like I know how this works. I'm an adult. Well, uh, these women don't seem to get that part of it. But let's go with. And, but and, and by the way, I want everyone to consider the premise: Why are you online in the first place? You come online, you make some opinions. Oh, look at what I think, and then you then you get grief. And then you, uh, you know, you get hounded off the off the system. You don't have to be online. Also, at all. Also, there's no reason to be online if you're a candidate running for president. It's open season on you, and and you know, once you're a politician, certainly in the House of Representatives, the Senate, or the White House, you could say whatever you want about anybody, uh, and people are going to say a lot about you. So it's almost a trial by fire that is very necessary if you want to be. The, the chief executive of the United States. You have exactly. to. You have to have some some exactly. skin. You got to have some some thick skin. Part three. And what kinds of things are we talking about? And this is where I'm going to offer a language advisory for people who are listening. I need to say that this. I'm guessing <laughs> that what you are about to say might be disturbing. And you know, oh, I always disturbing. hesitate to do that because you know we don't get language advisories when people are directing this garbage at us. But. In the interest of people who don't live this or have this experience, what kinds of things are we talking about? Well, it's a whole spectrum of abuse. Some of it is a little bit more anodyne, you know, men referring to you as girly, dear, princess, sweetie, honey. I get the bimbo uh, slur a lot. Uh, B word, slur. C word often come up. Men will comment on my hair, my breast size, the symmetry of my face. There's a lot of assertions, especially among women who are public facing, uh, voicing their opinions online that these women must be transgender because otherwise they wouldn't be so assertive. Um, they look for evidence of an Adam's apple or a five o'clock shadow. 
Sometimes we hear men sexualizing or diminishing women's roles in society, saying, oh, you know, she's just arguing with you online because she wants to sleep with you. Or I've had someone say to me, um, she's angry at you because no one would hit it and stick with it. <laughs> I've had men say, you birth babies, we build bridges. And then often I get from the far right. Oh, wow. I don't, on, I don't even know where to start with that one. But wait, everything she said. If you listen to that little ditty at the end, and then she says, and then the Michigan from and the then far the, right. And, the, and then the Republicans. This was just the Democrats doing that. That's that was Exactly. I was going to make the joke, but that's, in fact, kind of what she's admitting to here. No, that's not kind of what she said. That is what she said. Have you? She said, just yes. play the very end. She goes, a litany of, of Adam's apple jokes and everything. Now play the little bit at the end. <laughs> no, no, I want to play the Adam's apple jokes. Uh, hold on a second. Here we go. The clock shadow. Sometimes we hear men sexualizing or diminishing women's roles in society, saying, oh, you know, she's just arguing with you online because she wants to sleep with you. Or I've had someone say to me, um, she's angry at you because no one would hit it and stick with it. I've had men say, you birth babies. We build bridges. And then often I get from the far right. <laughs> it's true. It's so true. The left is the one, and I believe it is true. I believe the left is much more brutal than I think the so far, too. The right wingers are just can be as bad, but I think they're a little more gentle because many of them are more religious for starters. Yes, all the, all the left wingers are all atheists, and so that so that calms it down a little bit. But I that whole litany that you heard about Adam's apples and six five o'clock shadow five, and five o'clock shadow. What, I'm a little slower. <laughs> it's never and been a six o'clock shadow except in California. <laughs> six o'clock shadow. Hey, and, but uh, so a couple things. One, one, one. So first of all, um, that, yeah, if all of that were true, yeah, that sucks. But, you know, have a little uh, bike ride uh, past Instagram and tell me uh, that women aren't trying to look super good with the filters they use. Every single one of them. Every single one. One of them uses some type of filter for their photos, for their videos. Um, I was going to say something else about it. That was really incredible. No, I want to hear more of this. Do you have more? Yeah, believe me. <laughs> so let's go. To the oh, what, no, the I remember. Right I remember what I wanted to say. I okay. have noticed a rise of women saying to women and to men. Certainly in a retail environment or restaurant environment, hun. What can I get for you, hun? What will you I have? Don't know that, I don't. I don't know that there's a rise in that. That is, I think, very common. It goes on all the time. And you're right, hun. It's which n- is just as insulting if you think about it as baby or whatever she's moaning and groaning about. I've I've seen I've noticed an increase. So uh, okay. that's so just my, go, my, my personal environment. My, what? You go out more, a lot more yeah. than I do, and you would notice the more Huns. Yeah, Huns, which, of course, is also slang for Hitler, German, Nazi. No, Huns. <laughs> no, the, Hun, the Huns. The Huns. Goths, so the horrible people. Yes, the Huns are no good. The Huns. So she's calling you a Hun. A hun. That's right. Not as in honey, but as in Hun. 
And then often I get from the far right memes of empty egg cartons, which are sent to women to say that our fertility is declining. (laughs) We should get back to our homemaking activities. And then there's the more violent stuff. I've had people say, you'll be dealt with in the streets. Uh, You know, if a civil war comes, you're going to be first. Some people say things like, oh, my goodness, this is us, John. And I wish she had said it. She should have said. And uh, some uh, some old white male podcasters are threatening to shave heads and and march us down Main Street naked for collaborating. You'll be dealt with in the streets. Uh, you know, if a civil war comes, you're going to be first. Some people say things like, I'd fixed her. And then, you know, I've gotten emails directly to my work account, including just after January 6th, when it was quite tense here in Washington, saying things like, you sound like a hysterical, bleeping, snowflake, lesbo bleep. Mm. This is a worldwide (laughs) phenomenon. This is not just a U.S. phenomenon. I mean, there are just, you have example after example in your book where these trolls are sort of activated across national lines. Mm -hmm. Just, you know, some somebody gets into a disagreement, a legitimate disagreement over policy or over opinion, and then the trolls get activated like all over the world to attack and swarm this person. So there are people who think, well, this is just air quotes here, words. It's just mean words. You make the argument that this is not just words, that this has violence, personal security implications, but this really does cause women to censor themselves and to uh, avoid uh, engagement in the public sphere. Why do you say that? Okay. First of all, I have a whole room full of trolls who are awake and listening to this. They're being blamed. They're looking for, they're looking for good <laughs> they're look- bits they can use. <laughs> they're looking for trolls. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, if maybe maybe uh, everyone should expect when you uh, when you have an opinion that people will spout back at you, and maybe maybe. We will realize that we still have tailbones and this type of open communication en masse globally is not something we're prepared for. And boo-hoo, then go somewhere else. Set up a, set up a mastodon. Get off. Yeah, get off. <laughs> oh, misogynist. You said get off. Yeah, I did. Mm-hmm. Right. All right, you want to hear more? Yeah, this is good stuff. I like it. it you say it this just, is, in fact, it, a form. I'm sorry. You need to set up? I'm sorry. I'm just, no, it's just good, good stuff. I mean, it's it's it's... it's it's kind of it shows you the same proving her point yes. that we're sick. Yeah, you know, we're yeah, but it's it, I, I it's amusing. Go on. Sorry. No, it's very amusing, and it's and you're it's totally in the context of Twitter and a free speech blather, First Amendment blather. <laughs> it this is this is the real divide that's that's happening because of the power. Who has the power? And for the past. Well, really, seven years, especially black women in America have had the voice and a lot of power, a lot of power. So this, so I reject the notion, but also with a lot of power uh, and a lot of voice comes people who are not going to like you. You know, they killed Martin Luther King. You know, people don't like uh, messages. And he wasn't even a woman. 
You say this is, in fact, a form of censorship. Yeah. In my own life, it is a form of censorship, right? Every time I am online thinking about, okay, am I going to tweet? Am I going to pitch this article today? I think about, you know, do I have the emotional capacity right now to deal with what might come if that's going to be out there in the real world? I now carry a personal safety alarm. Hold on a second. What articles is she pitching and why is she pitching articles on Twitter? Does she not have a job? I this part of I I, I don't understand as, as you are. No, what well. she, what she's doing is she's trying to get traction. She's trying to she's trying to use Twitter for marketing, marketing yeah, her articles. We do that. Yeah, of course yeah, we, we do that. We market our show. And some people will say that that's a shitty article. Some people say I don't like you. Oh my goodness. But oh no, it's censorship and this is you know what? I think we should amend the first amendment that there are special rules for black women. And special rules that don't apply to white men. If that's going to be out there in the real world, I now carry a personal safety alarm around with me because I am worried about if one of these people who has threatened me online shows up in real life. Particularly women of color have had offline threats that originated from online threats. And, you know, I've spoken to many women, many of whom are prominent in their field, who say, when I know I'm going to be getting a lot of attention, let's say for a congressional testimony or if I'm going on TV, they lock down their accounts, which is closing themselves off to opportunity. And that's women who are, you know, at the peak of their careers. When I spoke to young women about this, women who are high school and college aged, who are very much digital natives, they said to me, you know, I don't want a lifestyle that public anymore. I'm going to lock down my account. I don't really voice my opinions online except to my friends. And that just breaks my heart. We need their voices. No, no. Let them be private. Let them do their voices elsewhere. Whatever. We need their voices. It's about power. And she goes on with this high school thing, and then she also has the word in their opportunity. So they cut that, they close their accounts, and then they miss opportunity. What is a high school girl missing an what's opportunity? Her, what's her opportunity that she's missing out on because she oh. shut down her Twitter Confirmation account. that her makeup is jamming, you know, more likes, more views, more acceptance from other filtered peerage people. Yeah. yeah. We're, too old. We're too old white guys. What do we know? And and often pointed out online, shut up, old man. Shut up, old white guy. I get that all the time. Of course. Yeah, because I am. Or my, I get retire. Retire. <laughs> retire. <laughs> Is that what they give to you? Retire. Yeah. Oh, that's horrible. Oh, he should have retired. That guy, he doesn't know anything. He retire him. Retire, retire, retire. All right. We're, this, is, <laughs> this, is a, this is. This is. This is. This is. By the way, stop. Happy Easter, Brother John. Happy Easter to you, and happy Easter to all the yes. Uh, happy men Easter out, to everybody women out there, and then in, in betweens. Yes, happy Easter, are, everybody uh, who are uh, celebrating an Easter. It's yes. a nice Easter. Yes. We, all right, on to number six. <laughs> We're celebrating in our own way. <laughs> so you know, you can't help but notice that many of the free speech absolutists are often. Are we free speech absolutists? And what does that mean? That means everything goes. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I think we I are. think we I, yeah. I think most people most people are free speech absolutists. In other words, the first amendment that you can say what you want when you want and how you want anytime you want uh is absolute uh, it's a right. Yeah. 
So, you know, you can't help but notice that many of the free speech absolutists are often online trolls themselves <laughs> and or they are wealthy white men who presumably have ample means the to wealthy. protect their personal safety. Yeah. They have personal assistance. Hold on. They have stop sec- it. Stop the clip. <laughs> what she just said is ridiculous. Yes, I liked it a the, lot. The white man who can who can say what he wants online. They got money. They got money and they have guards. They have personal guards assistance. We got personal assistance. They have per- no. She also said guards. Guards. Yeah, they but got, like, we, did, we didn't. We didn't even get that far. We were only at the personal assistance. We got oh, limo well, security, drivers. They got security. They can afford security <laughs> so they can beat somebody up who comes up to them in the street because of some tweet. Yeah, tweet. Online trolls themselves. And or they are wealthy white men who presumably have ample means to protect their personal safety. They have personal assistance. They have security guards. They have, you know, people who can uh, provide, you know, a a zone of personal safety for them. But to the argument that it is just words, what do you say? Okay. Wow. That's not I mean, if how many how many white rich men are there with with security and assistance and. Get they those guys tweeting. off! Get those guys <laughs> off Twitter. <laughs> it's not just words. So They're power trolls. If I were walking on the street and a crowd of hundreds of people were shouting the insults that we spoke about at me, police would intervene. Bystanders would intervene. It would not be acceptable. And yet, it is happening to millions of women around the world, and worse every day. Hmm. Okay. So now she's conflating two things: the offline world with the online world. And in general, that is the problem with the online world is that there's no consequence to de- to decorum. There's no consequence. Yeah. You know, in general, most societies so are is. polite. Most a lot, and and also, you know, you do something like that to someone's face, they might you know hit you in the nose or do something else. So it's yeah. typically people t- tend to shy away from that. Don't they understand why this is happening? No. It's racism. It's white racism. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah. I don't know. Rich, rich white racism. Rich. Yeah. Well, well, you know, but you know what? Here we go. You said it right at the beginning. First, the second clip. Yes, it's rich white Democrats. <laughs> it is. Well, that's and that's that's where the rich white people are. Is in the Democratic Party. Yeah, it's a fact. Yeah. Well, now there's the last clip, which is long, but it's just, you can play it, it you can kill it. Uh, but it's just, it just, it builds to a crescendo. They blame Musk again. I can just, just summarize <laughs> it, but you've already heard most of what you want to hear. You can play this if you want. And I think you make a really good point, Michelle. You know, for, for people of Wait, me. Did you edit that or did they edit that? No, I did no editing. Uh, they any edited of these. something there. And I think you make a really good point, Michelle. You know, for, cool. for people of means, uh, for people who are in the majority, it's Democrats. a little bit easier to deal with. The onus always falls on the target of the abuse. The platforms aren't doing very much right now. And I shudder to think about if free speech absolutists were taking over more platforms, what that would look like Ooh. for the marginalized communities all around the world, which are already shouldering 
so much of this abuse, disproportionate amounts of this abuse, and re-traumatizing themselves as they try to protect themselves no, from no. it, you know, reporting, blocking, etc. We need the platforms to do more, and we frankly need law enforcement and our legislatures <laughs> to do more as well. And us- yes, yes. If, if you say something horrible online, a drone should come by and zap you. Other countries that are looking at this, you know, the UK has an online safety bill that's being considered right now, where oh, they're my. trying to uh, make illegal this currently, quote, awful but lawful content that exists online where people are being harassed. Your book offers very practical advice to individuals about how to address these matters in their own, if if they have to, or feel that they have to engage with these platforms. But from a broader policy standpoint, what should happen is, and, and part of the reason, you know, we're, first of all, your book is, is quite timely. I mean, it was due to come out now, but it's interesting that it comes out at this moment where Elon Musk, as we said, <laughs> has engaged in what he says is this campaign to take over Twitter because he wants it to be sort of an absolutist free speech environment where there are no rules you know i think you could you could crawl through elon musk's twitter and not find a single thing hateful towards any woman of any color because he's asexual as far as i'm concerned i i don't know if he cares about women at all uh but i doubt there's anything in there yet he's being used as the as the poster child for this that's interesting. Good point. Yeah, yeah I, I think you're right. I think if you went through his tweets, I don't know that he's ever even attacked anybody, really. No, he's just been trolling, but nothing. No, no attacks. Certainly not. If he had attacked, attacked, violently attacked a black woman or a woman of color, oh, yeah, he'd be he'd be toast. Yeah. No. 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 This is not true. Musk, as we said, has engaged in what he says is this campaign to take over Twitter because he wants it to be sort of an absolutist free speech environment where there are no rules. Well, we got to I've just wrote this down. Absolutist free. No, free speech absolutists. Yeah, this this is the term. This is it. Yeah, absolutist. it's been discussed in the show already. Yeah. From a policy standpoint, what do you think should should happen? Well, I think what we've actually been seeing Twitter do in the past couple of months to a year has been pretty progressive um, on on the side of platforms. We've seen them introduce what they call human-centered reporting, which uh, looks rather than at their terms of service hierarchy, it asks people what happened in their own words. Oh yeah. Meanwhile, while I have fifteen imposters, I can't. They refuse to believe that these people are imposters of my account and are trying to scam people into crypto things through DM. No, I have to crowdsource everyone to to report. uh, Otherwise, they don't solve anything. These guys are full of crap. And to report it that way, I think that's in the right direction. What I would love to see is more incident reporting on platforms. So rather than just reporting one-off pieces of content or accounts that are abusive, being able to report the whole picture to a content moderator, because usually these campaigns are started by campaigns. one high follower individual or several of them, and they come in waves. And if you see, you know, one tweet and you're a content moderator and you have 20 to 40 seconds or even less time to evaluate that tweet or piece of content yeah. it might not- yeah 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 she let me listen to what she laughed that time 
waves. And if you see, you know, one tweet and you're a content moderator and you have 20 to 40 seconds or even less time to evaluate that tweet or piece of content, it might not look that bad. But when you see hundreds or even thousands of tweets coming from people all around the world that are generally quite vitriolic or disgusting in some way, the combined effect of that on one human being, I think, would be taken much differently. So that's something that I've advocated for in the past. But really... Any enforcement of consequences against abusers would make such a big difference because part of the reason this happens right now is that hardly anything ever happens to the people who are levying the the abuse. What do you mean? People are thrown off Twitter every single minute. And never never to return. I heard that Elon uh, started to do due diligence and then he saw that half of Twitter is bots and that's why he pulled out. And I think it's probably true. Twitter is a is a bot bot central. Well, there's a lot of fake accounts. In fact, there's a there used to be a program. It may still exist, and it was how and they used to, which makes you wonder why Twitter can't do this. By the way, you put in a name of somebody, and the thing will go through the, all their followers, and then identify the fake ones the fake, and give yeah. you a percentage of real followers. Yeah, you have and pretty high. Almost almost every. I have pretty high what? Yeah, I think you have 30. I did this. 30, 30%, I think, of your followers are bots. I have similar. According to that, it's the thing you can That's, do. I, you know, the, I have a pretty high normal following. Mm-hmm. Actually, yeah. 30% bots is low. Most people have 50. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, here's the interesting thing. Why do I have such a low, a low following of bots is because with me you, as a cons- more conservative type Twitter tweeter, uh, they go after you and they they pulled numbers out of you. They say, "Oh, this these are bots. Let's get rid of them." And they start and so you watch your your followers go down. From I, I right. saw it happen already once. I had one hundred and five once, yeah, and then it went down to ninety eight. That's because you have a check mark. Well, I don't know if yeah, well, yeah, I, yeah. You get penalized. You check mark. You're blue man. <laughs> you're, blue, you're blue check per person. Are we done with this Illuminati? This, you know, <laughs> yes, Illuminati. Are we, so, are we done with this last clip? Or yes, like I, yes. That was the end of the clip. Okay, this we we'll play the, the very end again, so I can so we can go off from that. Well, the very end was that we need to hurt these people. Any uh, enforcement of consequences against uh, abuse? Of they did another laugh. Hold on. The combined effect of that on one human being, I think, would be taken much differently. So that's something that I've advocated for in the past. But really, any enforcement of consequences <laughs> against abusers would make such a big difference. Because part of the reason this happens right now is that hardly anything ever happens to the people who are levying the, the abuse. Okay, so she ends with a lie. Okay, fine. Well, Well, that was a little walk down the mentality (laughs) of the typical complainer who thinks that we shouldn't have free speech at all, in fact. Yes, so we've heard heard quite a spectrum, and it's very depressing. Happy Easter. Let's, uh, (laughs) let's, uh, I want to dive right into some COVID stuff, since that seems to be what, uh, what people are missing from some of our coverage. We left it till the very end on the last episode. Don't have a lot, but I do have some. Uh, some things of note, and uh, there's been a ratcheting up in Shanghai. Three weeks into lockdown, some here in Shanghai are angry. In broad daylight, a confrontation. The police up against the people. Scenes like this have become increasingly unusual here. 
but then so is locking down almost 25 million people. Head to toe in protective suits, in an eastern district of the city, officers were forcing people out of their rented apartments so they could turn them into temporary quarantine facilities, all in the name of a war against a resurgent COVID. But for some, it was just too much. Their homes sequestered, their desperation easy for all to hear. A few miles away, there was an organised protest, a bold stand as the lockdown takes hold. I'm just listening to this and I'm thinking, wow, these women, these women are bitching on NPR about being attacked on Twitter. And listen to these mothers screaming, crying because these white hazmat suit goons are throwing them out of their apartments. The NPR needs to spend 20 minutes on, I'm so abused, I PTSD. In a country where you can be arrested for picking quarrels, they're angry about a local school being turned into another quarantine facility. Police with riot shields forced them off the streets in the end. This was on a small scale. But it's a sign of anger and frustration as this lockdown goes on. Larger scale social unrest is what the ruling Communist Party fears the most and would likely tolerate the least. So yeah, now we're seeing uh, Shanghai residents going, taking to the streets. They're still all lined up on each side of the street on the sidewalk neatly with their fists raised. And of course, they're wearing masks, but they're protesting. And uh, the theory that I'm going on is this is mandate of heaven. And we cannot we cannot be seen as losing to some natural disaster, and that's why they're they're clearly going nuts. And what's interesting, if you watch, have you seen any of these videos with the white hazmat suits? Not yeah, really, I've seen a couple. They're not I really has they're not really hazmat suits. No, but, they're just a white. Well, they're it's hand, like a police uniform. Well, not just like a police uniform. They're very distinct. I've never seen these before with blue stripes, and it has. Uh, Chinese lettering on it, but also big, large words, police. thought that was rather interesting. They have these, that in, in Shanghai, they have these suits, and it says police. And from what we understand from our boots-on-the-ground professor in Shanghai, most of these people are like your neighbors, who are given a suit to then you know, boss you around, which is, of course, why this is working so well. You you want to get you want to get people to boss people around? Give your neighbor a suit and tell him he's in charge of you. <laughs> well, that brings us to the book, Life and Death in Shanghai. Ooh, what one a of the most famous books ever written. In Ch- it's been kind of banned in China, but it's 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 available, and it describes exactly what you said because this is what happened in the 30s, I believe, when the Chinese used the. Uh, the ability to turn neighbor against neighbor and turn, you know, like your next door neighbor into your boss mm-hmm. uh, in the similar manner without the costume. And it's a horrendous tale. If you read this book, you are, you just, it's really frightening what they, what the Chinese can do. And how it's, how the Chinese themselves turn into these little Eichmann kind of characters uh, on the at the drop of a hat uh, against each other that's it, this volatile yes life and death in shanghai nin cheng it's a very famous book yeah famous <laughs> which i've <book>. not read <laughs> so it's readable it's read it's very well written it's a very easy to read book and it's a little long by today's standards 
except unless you're a Stephen King reader. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's a good book. Hmm. Uh, so that's the story in Shanghai. <clears throat> in Australia, uh, South Australia has a new premier. Uh, he made an oopsie. We haven't transitioned out of a two-year-long two long emergency management declaration ever before. We haven't transitioned out of a global pandemic in the modern world with a modern economy. <laughs> what? He said pandemic. He said pandemic. He said pandemic. Yes, sir. Out of a global pandemic in the modern world with a modern economy ever before. Yeah, I'd vote for that guy. Uh, uh, very good. <laughs> now, there's some issues. Now, some issues uh, going on in Australia uh, with, it uh, looks like we have some vaccine issues, vaccine-related heart attacks. Um, the Australian health minister is queried about this because they're seeing a rise of 40% in what they call code 1s. And a code 1 is a, a cardiac arrest. Uh, so that's what the that's when you send out an ambulance and and they just can't figure it out. Yeah, I don't think anyone can explain why we saw a forty percent jump in code ones. And I've I've seen that as I've travelled around the state. Sometimes I'll walk into an ambulance service and they'll say we had a thirty percent increase in code ones yesterday. Can't tell you why. We just had a lot of heart attacks and chest can't pains and trouble, you know, breathing, respiratory issues. Sometimes you can't explain why those things happen, but unfortunately. No. No, we we don't have that information yet. Uh, but um, you know what I do know, uh, and I'm hearing some interjections on the side, is that vaccines actually help people stay out of hospital, uh, not put them in hospital. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah, any, I love theories. I love the press going. Hey, could this be related to vaccines? No, 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 no. <laughs> and these questions. This is going on all over the world. It is. Different, it is. You know, there's, there's all kinds of things with kids. And there's mm-hmm. all these things, that, and mm-hmm. the livers are getting blown blown out. Mm-hmm. They're getting all kinds of diseases, and, and they will never even suggest. The coincidence. That's a coincidence. So um, an Australian uh, soccer player had to be taken off field, beca- and he was diagnosed with myocarditis. Ollie Wines. Brownlow medalist Ollie Wines remains in hospital tonight with a worrying heart issue. Live to Mitch Cleary with the latest. And Mitch Wines was subbed out of last night's game against Melbourne. Well, Tim, the power and medicos are tonight exploring inflammation around Wines' heart, known as myocarditis, after he presented with an irregular heartbeat last night. It's exp- he will miss matches, but the full timeline won't be known for several days as they conduct further investigations. So this was Sky News in Australia, and they have a the, the Sky Sports uh, weekly show. Uh, they have a panel, and they discussed this very incident and went a little farther than they should have, I believe. Uh, Ollie wants to just uh, watch this space at this stage. Nothing coming out of the Port Adelaide team this morning came over. He's subbing out of the game on Thursday night for nausea slash heart reasons. He spent time in hospital and, yeah, it's just a, it's a big unknown as to, as to when he will play again. It may be as soon as this week, but nothing coming out of the club at There's this stage. There's a lot of this going on in world sport at the moment. Well, though. in the world. World sport. Yeah, I, I think... A lot of athletes have got these issues. And are you, Brownie, referring to the booster shots? Oh, and the, the booster contracting of COVID, yeah, um, the word going <laughs> oh, around. 
Look, it's, it's been discussed. I haven't been able to get an official line on that from anyone attached to, to Ollie Wines at this stage. But yeah, the question is being asked and put to me and, and others, and clearly yourself, uh, by a lot of people about but a possibility of that. But it's not it's not just the hard issues. I mean, like you know, without delving into your private affairs, um, you know, you've got Bell's yeah. palsy at the moment, which hopefully <laughs> yeah. you're on the back. There's literally a guy in the panel with a droopy mouth. He's got Bell's palsy. I wonder what, what, what could be going on here. It's not. It's not just the hard issues. I mean, like you know, without delving into your private affairs, um, you know, you've got Bell's yeah. palsy at the moment, which hopefully yeah. you're on the back yeah. end of that. But there's a bit of that going around as well. Yeah, exactly. It's gone hard issues and Bell's palsy has gone through the roof uh, since the, the boosters and, and COVID issues. So, no doubt. And we had Michelangelo Holy Rucci mackerel. on AW on Friday night, and he said that wines is it's, it's a field. There's a ward filled with people with similar symptoms in Adelaide to Ollie wines. So nausea, heart issues. So there has to be something more to it. Yeah, and, and just we're not anti-vaxxers. We've all done our due diligence with our booster shots and all that sort of stuff. But there is going to have to be some study done on this, mm. not just in a sporting yeah. sphere, yeah. but uh, a you know, like a community sphere. And, and you're right, though, because we don't want to get into the space we're not experts in at all. Hey, yeah, yeah. Well, Wow. Yeah, I don't know if that show is still on the air or if Sky even exists well, after that. you know, that. <laughs> this is like, uh, it's like Pfizer's only got so, you know, they, they can't step on every little, you know, they can't stomp on every little gopher that comes up in this. Now Australia's out of control. They got to do something about those guys. Well, they're doubling uh, down. They're doubling down. Uh, scientists discover world's first cure for heart attacks using the same mRNA technology as COVID vaccines. Oh, that's beautiful. Well, as long as it doesn't create the spike protein. Anyway, mm-hmm. the uh, uh, these my these these athletes. We have to always we have to back up a few steps and remember that athletes are the ones with the good hearts. <laughs> you'd think. Be, well, you it's always been that way. It's never you did well, when I I've never heard of anything like this that's going on. With athletes, especially soccer players, where you have to run and run and run. I mean, I'm surprised the basketball, all of you have your own theory about that. Well, more basketball players haven't dropped. But uh, Yeah, I don't I don't think they took it at all. That's just, it's just phony baloney. <clears throat> these, these I think are, they think they took it. Oh, but, the, yes. Uh, yeah, there you go. There you go. Yes. The team owners would never allow it. Yes. That was the theory. Because the investment in these players is just too large to risk it. To risk anything. Yeah, they don't even let them on social media most of the time. No, the, some of these them. players, just to, yeah. for some perspective, some basketball players. These are guys who play eighty-two games a year, and they don't even play that many anymore. Somebody once po- pointed out more recently, they play about sixty of the games. So they play about sixty basketball games a year, and many of them make forty million dollars a year plus. Yeah, you're not going to shoot that thing up with just anything. Because of the way the and also basketball contracts aren't like football contracts, which are bogus. You know, you get a stub toe and the contract gets pulled. You don't get anything. Basketball players get paid no matter what. Mm. And uh, yeah, I think your theory might be correct. Back home, um, the Department of Human Health and Services uh, had a seminar titled Convening Equity in the Age of COVID. Because, you know, if it's not rich white men with assistants and security guards attacking women online, well, it's obviously uh, COVID is, uh, is, is also racist. Or is it COVID? I don't know. 
This is our newly appointed Secretary of Human Health Services, Xavier Becerra. Secondly, uh, by having better data, we can do a couple of things. Uh, vaccines, uh, a year ago today, uh, by the way, we know that vaccines are killing people of color, blacks, Latinos, uh, indigenous people at about two times the rate of white Americans. Okay. Is this a yeah, gaffe? Is this a gaffe? It's got to be a gaffe. It's got to be a gaffe. He meant virus. He meant the virus or he meant COVID. He meant COVID is killing, which is true. COVID is killing X number of people twice as fast because, you know, vitamin, there are various reasons for that. So, but he said vaccines. Uh, so, by the way, it, it, hmm? play it again. We know that vaccines are killing people of color, blacks, Latinos, uh, indigenous people at about two times the rate of white Americans. Now that we're playing this as two old white men without assistance, mind you, is that racist because he's brown? That we're laughing at his gaffe? We laugh at everybody's gaffe. Oh, okay. We laugh mostly at the white old man Biden's gaffes. <laughs> yeah, we do. We do. He's number one. Yeah. Okay, um, I'm, I'm plowing through this. We do have... That truth that needs to come out in that clip is, is probably, he's probably right. Yeah. Oh, no, it's probably... I'm quite sure it's right, but who am I? Uh, good news out of California, I guess. This morning, the state of California is delaying plans that would require students to get vaccinated against COVID. Last year, California became the first state to announce a vaccine mandate for all school children. But the FDA has not yet fully approved the shot for anyone under 16. So California Governor Gavin Newsom announced late Thursday that the new deadline will be no sooner than July 2023. All right. It's interesting to put a put a date way out in the future. Uh, I guess they're expecting to have issues well, next you can do year. Your virtue signaling and, uh, and you without know, doing anything, maybe yeah. things get canceled. Maybe. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, Pfizer, of course, not sitting still. You got some news on vaccine and kids just yeah. coming in. <laughs> hey, you got some news on vaccine and kids. Yeah. You got some news on vaccine and kids just yeah. coming in. Just off kids. embargo, clinical trial data from Pfizer on the third dose for children ages five through 11. Oh, uh, here's what we know at this point. The data showed a very strong immune <laughs> response after that third shot. Uh, this is the same pediatric dose as been tested and authorized in this age group. This third shot given six months after the second dose, they found protective or we call neutralizing antibodies against both the Omicron variant and wild type strains. So why do they, why, why this term, maybe I've missed it previously, what we call neutralizing antibodies? I, this is, this sounds rather new to me. Is there a reason, do you think? Never heard it. Neutralizing antibodies. Is that different? I don't know what that means. What's a neutralizing antibody? Is an antibody. That's what I thought. This third shot given it's six like months. redundant to say that. This third shot given six months after the second dose, they found protective or we call neutralizing antibodies against both the Omicron variant and wild type strains, well tolerated um, by the pediatric participants of the trial in terms of side effects, no serious safety signals. And we expect the drug maker Pfizer to submit the data to the FDA within 75 years for the booster in the next couple of days. And this is as we (laughs) are still awaiting the clinical trial data on the third dose from Pfizer in children under the age of five. So still a lot happening in the vaccine world. But this is going the direction we thought it would. Eventually, we're going to get the okay for boosters for kids. For authorized for boosters looks likely, but we won't know until we know. Yeah, yeah. So they're waiting on some trial. We're still waiting for official trial information to be made public and discussed that Pfizer tried to hide along with the FDA. Okay. 
Uh, now we have our test to treat because this is not going away. Uh, whether it's COVID or bird flu or whatever, whatever is coming next, they're going to use it again. They collectively all connect us to the World Economic Forum, but really World Health Organization is drawing up this treaty <laughs> that all, all countries are going to sign on to and they'll be command central and they throw out the, the bat signal, everybody shuts down or whatever we're supposed to do. <clears throat> and uh, and the testing will continue. And there's new technological breakthroughs in testing. The FDA has now issued an emergency use authorization for the first device able to detect COVID in breath samples. About the same amount of breath that it takes to inflate a small balloon. The breathalyzer is about the size of a carry-on luggage. It can be used only at doctor's offices, hospitals, and mobile testing sites. And results Why? are ready in about three minutes. Now, Why? the breath test will likely not replace the more intrusive nasal test. The FDA says a positive breathalyzer should be followed with a PCR test. Why? Why? Answer me this, Batman, mm-hmm. or whoever mm-hmm. does that bit. Um, why does it have to be at a doctor's office? Well, no, it, it it doesn't necessarily have to be at a doctor's office. But I believe the machinery said, is the machinery is uh, is expensive. And uh, if you do it no, at the doctor's, made, you, they made it clear that it has can't you can't just have it in the field. Like I, I can't have it at the I don't know. I don't. plaza. I, you would have you would have expected them to tell me. They didn't tell you anything. Well, hold on. As usual. Let's listen to the uh, to the ad for Inspect IR. Maybe we can glean something from there. Oh, another one of those great little videos someone put together with some cool music. Right now, the world faces challenges. They demand innovation, accountability, and most importantly, accurate results. Inspect IR Systems is a research development and device company that's developed proprietary methods of machines to deliver accurate results in real time. As a deadly virus circles the globe and cripples schools, churches, and businesses, Inspect IR Systems has created an elegant screening solution, the unparalleled PNY-1000 mobile COVID-19 screening device. With a patented breathalyzer technology to collect samples, the PNY-1000 is completely painless and non-invasive. The algorithmic software analyzes a subject's breath to look for specific chemistry associated with the active viral infection of COVID-19. Sounds like an Elizabeth Holmes deal to me. Oh, it sounds like it to me, too. By the way, why is it the PMI-1000? Did they make 999 of them before they released <laughs> That's this That's what one? I'm saying. Theranos also had, like, the Theranos 1000. Why is it the 1000? Why is it just the PMI-1? Uh, they do have an emergency use authorization for some reason, so I guess the FDA thinks it works, and uh, and they can use that, and they've got the same... If they think it works, won't they just give it authorization? John. Here's the way I see it. It works so well because it gives you the illusion of some high-tech device with accurate results. But yeah, they're really, where this, where, no, it's going to give you the results the, the operator desires. Yeah, it's going to be one of, those, one of those... Hey, guys, we oversold the tickets for tonight. All right, ratchet up 10%, positive, get them out of here. It could be anything. I don't believe this at all. I want to see how this I works. Agree. I want they to see how this works. have enough trouble getting breathalyzer tested. I mean, they can do alcohol because it is literally on your breath. They want to, they want to do this because it's within three minutes. We can start separating people right away. Hey, that guy looks white. He looks old. He probably has an assistant. 
positive. And the security guards will beat you up, though. <laughs> uh, so now we have the uh, World Health Organization connecting with the World Economic Forum for a, and we've been waiting for this, at least I've been waiting for this, for the uh, Papers, Please app. Uh, it's known as TDK, uh, TK, uh, TD, no, NT, ah, KTDI. <laughs> hey, got to go over. These really guys big. are bankers. They don't know how to market. It's the Known Traveler Digital Identity Program, and they already have some uh, two uh, two main players, two main countries, all in on it. Uh, this is their promo video. I cut it down to uh, one fifty-five. With the number of international arrivals expected to grow 50% by 2030, travellers need seamless ways to cross borders that also protect national security while protecting their personal data. The Known Traveller Digital Identity, or KTDI, is a public-private collaboration that enhances security efforts while enabling a connected journey for today's international traveller. The KTDI is the only global travel initiative of its kind. Travelers can share documentation and information from one verified identity with partners including government authorities, airlines and hotels. The KTDI allows travelers to play an active role in travel security efforts by sharing their information proactively. Travelers always retain control over what, when and with whom they share their information. Each data element shared by the traveller is verified, accurate and consistent every time. This is made possible by the technologies of distributed ledger, cryptography and biometrics. As more data and information is added, travellers build more enriched profiles that build trust with each partner interaction. Throughout the journey, the known traveller digital identity creates one connected process to build trust, encourage travel, and allow precious security resources to focus on the areas of greatest need. Components of the known traveller digital identity will be championed by the governments of Canada and the Netherlands. Additional partners include Air Canada, KLM Royal Dutch Airlines, Toronto Pearson International Airport, Montreal Trudeau International Airport, and Amsterdam Airport Schiphol, in collaboration with the World Economic Forum and Accenture. The known traveller digital identity will be piloted this year, unlocking the power to change how we travel. Yeah, you really, this it's in the show notes. The whole video is worth watching. Now, Where, yes. Were you a man, were you, you all bought into the, uh, was it Goes, or what was the name of that system, and you... You took it a couple of times. You went to Europe yes, and the, back and forth. The global and you come back. It's like a phony baloney kiosk. Yeah, the, the, glo- thing the global entry system, which is now yeah, since it, since yeah. been abolished. Yeah. yeah, these things. That's how far they get. They get abolished, and I don't know why it gets abolished. Oh, it gets abolished. Work? No, it's it was abolished because uh, they sold all that off to Clear and other oh, right. uh, private clear. parties. Yeah. About them and, too. yeah, and I won't do Clear because they require your biometrics i'm not gonna do that i give you my eye and it's just creepy in general but this app i love the positioning the positioning is um you you determine what you give and to whom you give it but that's not how these things work 
It works like no. this. Show me your app. And then if you say, no, I don't want to give it to you. No entry for you. I mean, come on. This is reverse. Oh, it's going to be so safe. It's encrypted. I heard blockchain in there. That was great. <laughs> Distributed ledger, blockchain, crypto. Wow, I can't wait. Uh, yeah. And you can't even use the excuse of, uh, I don't have a smartphone, because countries just give them now to people, especially if you come in illegally. Everyone's got the Obama phone. So, for me, <laughs> Obama phone! For, I'm good at Obama phone! Everybody got Obama uh, phone! Bobby sucks! Adam at Curry.com. <laughs> that, hey, that is, I'm, it's a true representation of that lady. She was very excited about her Obama phone. So here's the thing. With all of these uh, adverse event or uh, vaccine adverse event reactions, reports, with all the things we're hearing about, you'd think someone would be headline news like, hey, we got to investigate. We got to investigate what's going on. There may, it may not be. It may all just be coincidence, but we may have to look at these vaccines. In some cases, it seems to hurt people. No, no, no. That's not what we do in America with our Federal Food and Drug Administration. No, we do this. The FDA is investigating as to why hundreds of people reported getting sick after eating Lucky Charms. More than 400 people have complained about the cereal on a website that tracks foodborne illnesses. General Mills, which makes the cereal, says it is also investigating those complaints, but it does not believe Lucky Charms are responsible. So there's lots of websites where people are reporting about uh, vaccine injuries. But the FDA is not interested in that. No, Lucky Charms. Cardboard with high fructose corn syrup. State of the world. Well, I, State I'm, of the I'm world. Speechless. State of the world, baby. <laughs> yeah. That's okay. It's Easter. Uh, some war? Want to do war? Well, before we do that, you might as well do the video. I just want this little 17-second clip because you talked about China for a bit there. I want to get my China clip out yeah, of the Yeah, yeah, let's get, get your China. Visiting Taiwan. Okay. In the past two years, more and more countries have sent high-level officials to Taiwan. That's including the U.S. and a number of European countries, like France, Lithuania, the Czech Republic, Estonia, and Latvia. A delegation of European Parliament members also visited the island. Hmm. Chinese aren't happy with that. No. Here's an, I got two more Chinese clips. Uh, here, the China and Russia space wars. <laughs> the Defense Intelligence Agency published the report. It describes how China and Russia would try to counter the advantage the U.S. has in space. A defense intelligence officer explains why. Russia and China, our primary strategic competitors, are taking steps to undercut the United States and our allies in the space domain. Both nations view space as a requirement for winning modern wars, especially against Western nations, and look to prove themselves as world leaders. A defense intelligence analyst also points to the two countries' combined assets in space. He said they've grown about 70% in only two years. He outlines their ambitions. Both nations seek to broaden their space exploration initiatives together and individually uh, with plans to explore the moon and Mars during the next 30 years. Uh, and if successful, these efforts will likely de- uh, lead to attempts by Beijing and Moscow to exploit the moon's natural resources. 
What's more, he said that Moscow is now developing a missile that is able to destroy satellites and space vehicles. <laughs> of course. With their dead ruble. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's mint. That's mint. Yeah, space wars. Well, I've been saying that's been going nah, on for a been decade. been space wars since the beginning. Yeah. They, you know, Noah was a conspiracy theorist until it rained. Just saying. Ooh. Mm-hmm. You stole that. I did. <laughs> of course. I can tell. I of can course. tell your material from stolen material. It wasn't stolen. It's credited in the show notes with a link to the original. <laughs> it's credited. It is. I so l- you take a, take a one-liner and you make a point of crediting it to somebody? Yes. You See, know why? Amateur hour. You know why? Because you outed me, douche. I could, you could have said, wow, you're really smart, Adam. No, 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 no. That's not how it goes. Well, yeah. it's almost as bad as me saying that uh, I had nothing but better. Funny you anticipated it. That's <laughs> yes. what's funny. It's almost as, fun, as bad as, as me saying I had nothing better to do than have dinner with the Horowitzes. Oh, there it is. He called me. Oh, okay. We had to stop the show and <laughs> listen to this. And it called me. He had not heard uh, the, the last episode. You got to listen to the last episode because I shouldn't be talking to you at all. I've, I've denounced you. But uh, he... You know what? He called. He said, hey, it's Good Friday. Uh, I just want to say hi. Happy Easter. He's Jewish. Yes. But okay. Pas- no, well, it's Passover. Oh, yeah, Passover. 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 Yeah. Passover. Um, Passover. And I said, oh, man, this you, you got me real good. You even got the Vorak in on it. And he was laughing. I think, I think, I think he was trying to, like, say, yeah, yeah. But I think you're right. He might have been a little hurt, maybe, in down deep. It was a combination. It's, it was it, an obvious combination. It's one of was, the yeah. because he because a- Andrew is not really a performer, and so when he you know he's not like an like an actor, no, like Nanu and Nanu. So when he tries to <laughs> so he, he he so when he tries to do something that designed to be partly acting and partly truthful, uh, he it's obvious to me. Yeah, and he was <laughs> overdoing it, and so that's what made me bring it up on the show. And uh, so I, I, that's what he wanted me to do. I was just following orders in some odd way. Uh, so, and, and I tell you, are you, are you cooking? He says, yeah, everyone's coming over. So you cooking? Nah, not really. And then he lists this whole thing. I got two turkeys in the, in the yeah, smoker. I got five briskets. Cook. And I said, you know, I really wish I could be there with you if I didn't have something better to do. <laughs> and, uh, and that was the end. No, I, I I love Andrew and Jill. You know, now that you mention it, instead of him taking you to the Commodore Club or whatever the hell it was, it was the yacht he club cooked for you. No, no, it was la- no. Cook. Listen, he had he's nothing better. Traeger. No, he had he had nothing better to do. So he uh, just he just took <laughs> us to the yacht club. You're not going to cook for me anymore, ever again. <laughs> uh, you want to do this other uh, China clip you have? Yeah, I might as well. This is to me. This is like a good news, bad news clip. This is maybe good news for us and bad news for China, but it's hard to say at the at the moment. Countries around the world are working to diversify their supply chains and reduce their dependence on China. World Bank President David Malpass commented on Tuesday, saying this is probably good for everyone. I think the world is working to reduce the dependency on uh, uh, supply chains from China, uh, and that diversification is probably good for for everyone. He added that China also needs to be part of a value system shared by other countries. The world needs China. 
China to be a good uh, producer and a consumer and a uh, uh, part of the value system uh, that uh, that was described. I don't know that that will happen. China is the world's second largest economy after the U.S. Mao Pa said he expects China to become the world's biggest economy, although China suffered some major setbacks in various areas. Either way, the country plays a major role as both a consumer and producer of goods. China is a shareholder of the World Bank, but also a borrower. The World Bank plans to aid China through 2025. Among those plans are low-interest loans to China, totaling one to $1.5 billion every year. The U.S. objected when the World Bank first adopted the plan in 2019, citing Beijing's human rights violations. According to the World Bank, China is still a developing country, meaning it can get benefits earmarked for developing countries, both in trade and other areas. On the other hand, the U.S. excluded China from its own list of developing countries in 2020 under the Trump administration. Yep. <laughs> well, you're going to be the number one economy in the world, but yet the yeah. developing country. Well, that was the whole uh, that was the whole deal with the World Trade Organization. Organization, let them in, give them give them special status. Well, things are not going well. Uh, what's coming out of China? So they may be a producer and a consumer, but I don't think the pr- the producer is getting to where it needs to get. Uh, certainly when it comes to uh, grain products, which they're hoarding, and uh, and fertilizer, it got another hit today. I don't know if you saw this. So already, the majority of fertilizer comes out of China. Uh, there is a cer- there's definitely a chunk that comes uh, from Russia, which will likely be less available. But now in the United States, and this is right up your foamer ass alley, um, the major fertilizer companies are saying that Union Pacific is putting limits on rail traffic to clear up uh, delays from shipments that farmers need for the spring planting season. CF Industries saying that uh, the railroad has ordered it to cut its shipments by nearly 20%. Uh, and that's I think that's for all private cars, which kind of takes me back to that weird four private cars on the Zephyr you saw on Thursday. I wonder if that was related to this, you know, maybe they're trying to get the private cars to a destination before this went into place? I don't know what they mean by this. Uh, the private car, the last Thursday was not two, was not four private cars. It was two new engines, new Elko, the oh, new ALC oh, oh, I, engines, mm-hmm. uh, which they're, uh, if you go to No Agenda Social, somebody's found them and they posted it. Um, the engines are the new version, they better, more horsepower, less, mm. more fuel efficient. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, no, the private number of private cars I see on trains, if they're talking about that, but they're talking about private box cars. I mean, the people own these car, those are private cars too, in some sense. Yes. Uh, but the private passenger cars are few and far between nowadays. Um, let's see. The world's largest fertilizer company said Union Pacific had hit it with railroad-mandated shipping reductions that would impact nitrogen fertilizers such as urea, pig piss, and ammonium nitrate shipments to Iowa, Illinois, Kansas, Nebraska, Texas, and California. Union Pacific said CF Industries, or told CF Industries without advance notice to reduce the volume of private cars on its railroad immediately. 
Not only will fertilizer be delayed by these shipments, but additional fertilizer needed to complete spring applications may be unable to reach farmers at all. Hey, these, you know, someone's nuts. I, I have to read. Re, yeah, I have to look at. This. Well, this it is. Uh, it's like it's like the the messaging. It's Associated Press, and it's you know. So it, it sounds fishy, mm-hmm. or poorly reported, or something. Somebody does. Somebody just. I don't know. Lousy written press release just regurgitated poorly. Yes. Kind of what I'm guessing. Yeah. Uh, maybe this will lead us into the war. You know, Russia still needs to make a $650 million payment on its debt, which has now been uh, thwarted because they have no way to pay in dollars, only in rubles. And this has been a very slow slow fall towards them defaulting on their debt, which would be a very interesting default because it's not a financial default, it's a political default. And I I just wonder how that's going to play out. If it will even matter, I don't know if it even matters, but what, so if Russia defaults on their, on their bonds, the bonds, I have no idea. I don't. I, it, I, it may not even make a difference at all, really. Uh, you know who would know? That you, it, it would be your responsibility. <laughs> no, to find I, can't, out? I, I can't ask Horowitz about this. <laughs> no, not Horowitz, oh. the banker. Oh, yes. Okay. Good one. I don't think Horowitz would have a clue about no, it. No, you're either. right. The banker. I got to call the banker about this. Well, the banker, I got to call him anyway because you remember and he was like nah, no one no one's buying up homes to rent them out. That's not. That's not. I know he was wrong. Holy This is. All you have to do is watch television in the Bay Area. It's John buys Bay Area homes. Yep. The brothers buy Bay Area homes. You have a home you want to sell? Just don't worry about it. Just sell it to us immediately. We'll, yep. we, you can have to fix it up. Just yep. sell it. Yeah. I mean, they, there's guys, and I think that's a lot of parts of the country. And uh, so, if you're going to buy a house, uh, you're going to be you're going to pay a lot, and you're going to be lucky to get one. And you're not going to be able to afford it. Uh, Austin, where the prices went up. Oh my God! I I, I do think. God for this. We we played it so well selling our home in Austin and getting out. I, I've told you this before. Yes. Don't yeah. ever expect this to happen, happen again, again no. in your lifetime. No. You nailed it. Yeah. Yeah, but what's happening now in Austin, everybody just got their uh their property tax bill. <laughs> Every home was revalued at an average of fifty six percent over last year, higher. That that's going to push people out of homes. Well, that's why California is in good shape because of Prop 13. They keep trying to kill it. But back back in the day, this is like 20, 30, 40 years ago when they passed it. If you move into a house, uh, say in the day, you buy a house for $100,000 and you're getting you're paying property tax on it. And that house gets jacked up to a value of a million dollars. And you stay, you stay there. You're still paying the hundred thousand dollar taxes. Oh, oh, that's, that's what nice. Prop, Prop thirteen was all about because they. This is before it even started really cranking up. Uh, and that what? Let me guess. Nineteen seventies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, nineteen seventies rent to own homes. Homes are back. Not that they ever really went away, but the was it the lease option to buy or I guess rent to own. That was popular in the 60s and 70s as well, I believe. I don't remember it, but maybe. But it's, it's, so let's play a couple of clips here. I want to get 
I want to get to. I get, I get this Marisupil thing. I want to get. Well, I was going to do two seventies things and then hand it back to you. Oh, you got 70 more yeah, 70? Yeah, there's always something in 70s, of course. Ah, uh, taxes. If you have a refund coming, it may take a while. Blame it on budget cuts and staffing levels, which are the lowest since 1974. Still, as of April 8th, more than 70 million refunds have been issued, and the average refund is up almost 10% from last year. It's now close to $3,200. But no refund for the president and first lady. They report. Yeah, bleh, who cares? So that was your 70s. Yes, yeah, very much like the 70s. But the one I wanted to play, uh, and we've done this many times, but of course, this, this comes right back to where we are today. Uh, 1977, ABC Evening News. Pay attention, people who weren't born yet. Warm periods like ours last only 10,000 years, but ours has already lasted 12,000. So if the rhythm is right, we are over ready for a return of the ice. Experts like Reed Bryson, the head of the biggest meteorological department in the world in Wisconsin, believe that since 1945, that has been in progress. We're returning to an ice age. They base this on ever cooler temperature readings in the Great Plains on land and the North Atlantic at sea. And on the headlong retreat of the heat-loving armadillo from Nebraska <laughs> to the southwest and to Mexico. And on many more sophisticated signs. The argument that we face some long, cold years is pretty convincing. Don't pack your things and investigate real estate prices in the tropics yet. But there's a theory advanced by climatologists that the last two years of battering by winter means that an ice age is returning to the earth with glaciers down to the Mason-Nixon line and freezing temperatures south of that. Non-expert that I am, I tend to lean towards the ice ages. For the evidence adduced by Professor Reed Bryson of the University of Wisconsin, our leading scholar. Among other items, he cites the rhythm of a 100,000 years of ice age interrupted briefly by a mere 10,000 years of warmth. And our 10,000 years of warmth has now passed. So you'll forgive us if we're skeptical sometimes, since in our lifetime we've heard that we're going to die of frostbite and die of heat exhaustion. But this is really, this does show what they did wrong, because they were trying to scare everybody, the same thing. And... And it's not nice. I, I don't want to live in a, in the Ice Age in a, in, with the glacier to the Mason-Dixon line. But th- listening to this clip, I realized what they did wrong. Why? Why? This is very simple. Why did the global cooling, the Ice Age, not catch catch fire and people were all freaked out about it versus global warming? Do you know why? I'm, I'm waiting. They chose the armadillo versus the polar bear. Come on, people. Oh, the armadillo is nothing like a polar bear. No, well, they actually are kind of cute, but they're not. No, it's a mammal. It's, well, that's armadillo is a mammal too. I don't know. No, it's it's not. It's not going. It's not going to work. You you need something fluffy, even though the polar bear will fluffy. rip you to shreds. Yeah, and eat you. And you know, you put the yeah, you put the polar bear on an ice uh, on a little piece of ice and float him with the sad eyes. You take an armadillo. What can you do with an armadillo to make him look sad and cute and, and adorable? And you want to yeah, save it? Does, it has no experience. Nothing. Uh, sorry, armadillos. You got nothing. Now, uh, an interesting little factoid that's overlooked in this is that the, all the scientists that were all in on the global cooling, uh, about seventy percent of them moved over to global warming. <laughs> yes, same people. But the unknown factor is that a good percent is maybe 10 or 20 percent of the original 
cooling types, they're still on that trip. They're still saying cooling. You're who? Do you have any names? No, I had to. I had that. This was a couple of years ago. I saw the list. And the, yeah, there's, but there are a couple of guys, I, I could dig them up, that are still, they, they said, no, 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 it never, this is bull crap. This warming thing's nonsense. We're going to freeze to death. So, uh, so this, at least a couple of them were sincere. I would say I'm more in that camp long term than anything else. Well, it's more deadly, that's for sure. I'm gonna get you yeah. in. I'm gonna get you into Ukraine right now. I'm gonna do this in a unique way. Uh, for the one of the complaints we have about uh, of all the bills we've analyzed, all the big money that's been spent throughout the decade and a half, the National Defense Authorization Act that overturned the Smith Munt Act was the one that was most disturbing. Smith-Munt Act from, I believe, originally the 70s, I think. May have been may have been early 80s. The Smith-Munt Act was put in place to ensure that the United States government uh, could not uh, propagandize its own citizens. And we have an entire division, uh, the, the Broadcast Board of Governors, used to include Tucker Carlson's dad, by the way, uh, and they created Voice of America and Voice of Europe and Radio Free Russia. And it's all it's all American propaganda that was typically broadcast via shortwave, longwave, medium wave into these countries. And with the introduction of the Internet, the theory was, well, look, we, we can't be trolling people on Twitter, uh, you know, with all kinds of disinformation. And, you know, Americans might see it. We don't want to violate the law. So instead of us not doing that. We're going to change the law and do away with it. Smith Munt Act. I'm sorry, 1948. Holy crap! What happened? Something happened with the Smith Munt Act in the 70s. I thought maybe hmm. it was first passed by Smith and Munt, and it was called. The nickname was United States Information and Educational Exchange Act of 1948. Well, here's where we are today. The war in Ukraine is providing the U.S. military valuable insight on how to handle future conflicts with major adversaries like Russia or China. Army Secretary Christine Wormuth says one major lesson already learned is the use of the Internet. The Army is currently doing scenario exercises at Fort Irwin in California. Troops are learning how to respond to specific Russian tactics used in the invasion of Ukraine, including electronic warfare, insurgency, and propaganda. So do you think that uh, uh, the Department of Defense goes to Twitter and says, okay, here's a list of 10,000 accounts. You leave these alone because these are us. These are the good guys. We're here to propagandize. You can't touch us. I guarantee you that that list exists. I wouldn't be a bit surprised. I can't. I wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I have a bunch of things to talk about on the Ukraine side of things starting. But I, I think, I, don't you think maybe we should take a break right now? I think it's a very good idea. And with that, I'd like to thank you for your courage and say in the morning to you, the man who put the sea. I don't have anything. Sorry, I was making too much noise. What did you say? You put the C in. I don't have anything. In, in, oh, uh, you I, had a big list you used to use. I, I, wasn't, I wasn't prepared for you. Ladies and gentlemen, please say hello to my compadre, my colleague, my companion, Mr. John C. Dvorak. Well, in the morning to you, Mr. Adam Curry, also in the morning, all ships and sea boots on the ground, feet in the air, subs in the water. 
And all the dames and knights out there. In the morning to the trolls who uh, who showed up in the troll room at uh, trollroom.io. Uh, thank you very much for uh, for being here. And uh, let me see. Uh, get everything set up. You know, let's uh, let's see how many trolls we have. Hold on a second. Joke out. Oh, trolls. Funny, Put your hands up. I'm not expecting a lot today. But uh, hold on a second. Where's my... Oh, oh, not bad. 2198s are close to 2200. Oh, how come well, you guys aren't uh, celebrating Easter? Yeah, it's amazing there's anybody. It is. Well, it not, it's not a. It's nothing short of a miracle, John. We're very pleased to have the trolls here. A lot of talk about you today. So, you know, this is it. Just know the troll room is a safe space. If you're a it's troll. If, you, if you're a troll. <laughs> if you're a troll, it's a safe place. <laughs> Uh, so that's trollroom.io. You can join us there for the Thursday and Sunday shows. Uh, it's, uh, uh, we broadcast live, noagendastream.com. It's all, you know, kind of the same thing. You get in the chat room, the troll room, along with the live stream. And that's 24-7. You can listen to people all the time and uh, troll them because it's live, but also uh, it's just cool to troll other people too. If you uh, want a little more than the trolling, if you know what, if you want to be a part of a failed platform that is uh, less interesting than, um, was it, curtains.com, then go to noagendasocial.com. Follow John C. Dvorak at noagendasocial.com, Adam at noagendasocial.com. You can follow us from any Mastodon, you know, the thing that Kara Swisher wants Elon to buy. You can uh, follow us from any, any Mastodon account. Uh, and uh, and be assured that you are not going to get kicked off, not by us. Um, we are our own little community. You're welcome to to come in, troll around. It, there's no algo, so it scrolls off, it goes away, and we don't care. But it's fun. It's a good place. That's where the community lives, noagendasocial.com. Now, we need to thank the artist for episode 1442, the one we did on Thursday. Uh, the title of that was Slime Mold, and the artwork was Nestworks, which is a very, very nice piece, uh, uh, the so-called graffiti piece. Although I still think it's called, you pronounce it as graffiti, but... Um, you can pronounce it as graffiti. You can, but I've... Yeah, well, we've been through this. I say tomato-tomato. Tomato-tomato. Nestworks, I don't think Nestworks had had a win in the past few months. He's had a couple, actually. And really? He gets a newsletter win every so often, mm-hmm. too. No, he's a pro. That's why. I um, like this piece a lot. Yeah. It has uh, it has uh, she in the back, and uh, the back in the green in the back. The whole thing is just a, it's a very well done piece. He thought it was gonna. He mentioned in New Agenda Social that he thinks he was thought he was gonna win. Now there was one thing in particular that was a premiere. In his art that you caught. The last time he won for sure was the Valentine's Day show. Uh, he's the first artist, as far as we know, to sign his work. Yes. All right. I'm glad you thought of, remembered that. Yes, he actually tagged with kind of a, a graffiti tag um, in the corner, bottom right-hand corner. Wait, now, wait. I don't, but that's not a tag. You taught me that's not a tag. It's kind of a tag. A tag is just initials. Yeah, generally, but you can you can tag your whole name if you want. Huh. It's just, it's just it's a little more elaborate than a tag would be. It would, the tag would be just kind of just in black, and it would be just a messy looking thing. Mm. 
but it's still kind of, I would call it, if I was going to call it something personally, I would call it a tag. But he did it in the corner. And uh, I don't know if that's going to open up the the gates of hell. And so far as these artists are concerned. <laughs> it could be. I think he got away with it because of the nature of the piece. I don't know that everybody can. No, can no, it, it fit with the piece because it was a name, you know, spray painted. Yeah. It was a, yeah. It was a nice oh, piece. Okay. It was a nice piece. There were other things that we looked at. Now, um, the groomers with the Epstein Island uh, temple. No. Uh, we liked the Sir Net Ned take a bus on the Pan Am logo, but we decided that pretty much yep. nobody remembers the Pan Am logo. <laughs> Excellent piece. It really made a point. Yeah. And I, and then Adam brought it up that it, this, you know, this is a great, a nice, nice piece, very usable. I think the other piece is still better, but very usable piece. But who, who the hell is going to remember uh, the Pan besides Am logo. us remembers the Pan Am logo. I remember uh, Pan Am so well. Um, I used to fly them all the time. They it, used to have, yeah. They had the little, they had the little swizzle sticks with the round end that had the Pan Am logo on it, just yeah, like that, just like that, that logo. And yep. and my sisters wore uh, dresses with white gloves, and I wore a suit when we were flying back in the day in the little little boy uh, suit when I was in the seventies, early seventies. Oh, you must have looked so cute with that long hair. Yeah, right. And what else did we have? A lot of Twitter stuff, none of which was really compelling. We had uh, buy luxury mansions, BLM, but that's an old joke that circulated. The Biden ghost guns, didn't really talk about it, obscure. Barking Jen, we thought was kind of cute. No agenda goat slime from Darren, also, also nice. I did like like the go to Shanghai. Uh, card from a Monopoly game from Dougopoly by Capitalist Agenda. No, wait, that was a good. Piece. Wait, we but we we used that on the on the, the previous episode. So I don't know why you're looking that far back. No, we're not. We didn't use that on the previous episode. Pretty sure we did. No, I'm sh- no, I'm guaranteeing we didn't use what go to Shanghai that card. No. The Monopoly card. Yeah. Let's see, fourteen forty one. No. Was it was it fourteen forty? I thought I'm so sure we used this. No, oh no no! I remember. I used it uh, as the pre art. Yeah, for the pre stream, right? Right, and we yeah. and we did discuss. Well, should we should we use it again? That would be two times in a row that we had pre art and the album art. That was the that was the conversation. I remember it. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. Uh, and then we then we back. Looked over everything again, and that's when yeah. the capitalist agenda thing came, yeah. or not, sorry, the network thing came forward. Yes, and Dame Kenny Ben, valiant effort with the with the child shoe, but there were some technical issues with your piece. Uh, oh, yeah, mainly that's right. The, the flowers yeah, it's a mess for one thing. Okay, a couple things. The child shoe was like it looked, wasn't scuffed up. Didn't look like a real shoe. It went to blood, and, 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 no and it idea. needs to be. If I may. The shoe cannot be on its side. It needs to be flat on the ground. This this is the, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't bring the, the same emotion of the child was and blown then the out. The flowers of it. that she had in the background looked like a rope between yeah. the two cameras. Yeah, yeah, like a, it was a mess. Yeah. This piece. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's there's your uh, there's your criticism, James Kenny. <laughs> it was a mess. We congratulate Nestworks for uh, the outstanding work on uh, on this piece, and uh, thank you very much. Value for value in its truest form from our artists. We like t- time, talent, and treasure. 
Whatever you can do to support the show, and people do so much. The Troll Room is not uh, owned or operated by us. Uh, nor I mean, we have servers. We have uh, No Agenda Meetups. We have the Mastodon, the NoAgendaSocial.com. All of that is time, talents, and treasure from the producers. And uh, the same goes for uh, Dreb Scott, who will take many of these pieces of artwork and display them proudly in our podcasting 2.0 chapters. You really should drop the Legacy app and be using a modern podcast app, uh, not only for all these extra features, uh, but also for um, the the uh, no deplatforming. You know, we could get kicked off of Apple at any moment. I don't think we're on most other platforms. We shouldn't be. Um, but some people even you know got used to listening to us on YouTube, uh, and now the uh, producer who was uploading it to YouTube, which he asked if that was okay, so I don't care. Uh, he said, well, I got to stop uploading it to YouTube because I keep getting strikes against my channel. I'm going to get kicked off YouTube. <laughs> yeah, that's why we don't upload it to YouTube. So if you were watching there and you missed it, get a new podcast app, newpodcastapps.com. Now let's thank our executive and associate executive producers, part of the treasure part of the three T's uh, for episode 1443. Kicking it off with James Schneeberger from North Carolina, Cary, North Carolina. And big baller today, 1,428. And let's see what his note is. Oh, oh, this makes sense. Gospel of Mark, reference to He is Risen, 1428. In addition to this donation, uh, I, allow me to promote, uh, uh, in, addition, no, in addition, this donation may promote me to that jewel of my smoking hot SHM. Yeah, keep reading. Read the whole thing, and I'll, I'll straighten okay. it out, because I wrote him a note saying, what are you talking about? All right. In addition, this donation may promote me to that jewel of my SHM, Baronet Marianne Schneeberger, damsel of disaster. Please let me know and keep up the great work. Okay. Luckily, you emailed him and said, uh, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? Okay, so I sent him a note saying, what are you talking about, and what is this uh, uh, a- SHM? First of all, he tells me that SHM, he meant oh. SHW. Yes, yeah, smoking hot wife. Wife. But why did he say uh, M? What, what was the. Uh, it was just Fro- a typo. Freudian slip is what I think. MILF. <laughs> Nailed it. Uh, I'm currently the Baron of Shotsyland. So he's already. He calls himself Jimbabwe. This, this is Jimbabwe. Oh, okay. Got it. In memory of our friend and companion, Shatsy. Anyway, I don't know what level today's donation will bring me to. Like I said, let's do it next time warmly, Jim Bob. Okay, so. Jim Bob. Do we want, does he want the credit Jim Bob way as well? Probably, right? Yeah, probably. It's a good one. I like it. He's Jim Bob. All right, Jim so. Bobway, thank you very much. I, I guess he's he's, he's baron. He's baron. Make it baron, Jim Bob. He's a baron. Baron. You got it, brother. Not, not a slouch. Nope. I go on with Aaron Moore in Niceville, Florida, with $1,115. And I should mention that we had very poor showing for our donations until I sent out a secondary note. Well, not just that. You said people weren't reading the newsletter. That, that, that's more disturbing to me. Well, what's even more interesting is that despite sending out the secondary note, with, which included some feedback saying, I never got to, I don't know, is in spam. I never happens before. Uh, I, it, uh, I still can only get the open rate to 35% of the newsletter itself after sending out the secondary note. 
So we had, you know, there's a lot of possible reasons for it, but at least they responded to the secondary note. Aaron Moore comes in from Niceville, 11115. And I have no note from him, and I didn't find one. I do not have a note from him either. I can look while you're doing it. Why don't you read the next few, and then I'll see if I can. Sure. Uh, Our next uh, executive producer is Ernest Parton from Westchester, Ohio, 533.33. So that's more than your typical executive producer donation of 333.33. And he says, in the morning and happy Easter, John, Adam, and producers, please deduce me. You've been deduced. Sorry, please deduce my husband. I'll do that. You're both deduced now. You've been (laughs) deduced. And a jobs karma for all. Jobs Jobs, jobs, and jobs. Let's vote for jobs. Okay, there's ne- definitely nothing from Aaron, so we'll just let that go. And I'll read Marion Ra- Roman in New York, 500. And uh, she writes, uh, you guys are the best. <laughs> Thank you for your commitment to reporting the truth. Marion in the whole hell that was once New York City. You're a hellhole even. Did I, what did I say? Whole you said whole hell. hell, which is whole hell is a hell hole. You're right. <laughs> Luke Cumberland is in Oxford, Missouri. 420.69. I hear you, brother. You got it. It's coming up. Drop a hundo in the penny jar, he says. All right. That's a hundred dollar penny <laughs> right there. Oh. Alex in Baldwin, Maryland, 333.33. Uh, dear John and Adam, I had some time. I had some time, so I wrote you a short note. No jingles, no karma. <laughs> Boom. Alex from from Maryland. Okay. He gets it. Thank you, Sir. NBS is in Chicago, Illinois. Three thirty three dot thirty three. Happy Easter, gentlemen. He writes: Shorting bonds has been a layup trade so far this year. Here's no agenda's cut. Don't forget the tax deadline is tomorrow. Let this be a reminder that the IRS is asshole. <laughs> no jingles, all goat karma. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, they are asshole. You've got <laughs> karma. Bruce, Bruce Schwalm in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, 333.33. No message from me. Just a bunch of love. These are great notes. <laughs> no message from me. Just a bunch of love. And I'm going to let you read it on for a little bit because I'm going to see what the dog's whining about while you continue. No problem. Uh, we have Anonymous from Island Lake, Illinois, 33333. This is not my first donation. However, I do require a deduce. <laughs> can always do that. You've been deduced. After very few prominent 333s in my life, plus this Easter show ending in 43, which is a family karma number, I knew it was time to make my executive producer donation. I am a nurse who has been a nursing administrator throughout the pandemic and have found sanity in the logic that is discussed on this show. I'm going to read that again because I'm proud of this. I am a nurse who has been a nursing administrator throughout the pandemic and have found sanity in the logic that is discussed on this show. Thank you. That's a huge compliment. I have been able to not accept the vaccine into my life, thankfully, but I have also found ways to advance career in other ways since I have lost my passion for nursing, understandably. Also, I was recently at Adam's Neck of the Woods near Austin, where my mom has a Wagyu ranch, and my sister just closed on some property. We hope to be there soon and feel all the karma given out by this show has been helping. Love all you do. Uh, please, for jingles, get vaccinated. A yeah, no, and a jobs karma for all. Get vaccinated. 
yeah, 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 Jim Parker in Palmer, Alaska, 33333. By the way, we got a number of notes from people that confirmed that this is inventory dumping. Oh, in, in, in Ukraine, yes. In, in Ukraine. So just when we say inventory dumping, and I think it's clear, this note also makes it clear, the whole idea is you have perfectly good munitions, but the military-industrial complex needs to continue churning. So what a great opportunity. Well, let's give that stuff away. So the $800 million is, yeah, that's not really the stuff that's gone away. It's new money, new money well, they Fug- can use. <laughs> Fugazoto had one commentary about it. And then I got another note, which is not here, not this one. This was an interesting note, too, from a Marine who noticed that all the stuff we're sending them is Marine surplus. Hmm. He says, it's all, and it's all junk because he says the Marines are moving away from artillery. So getting rid of these howitzers is actually a good thing. Yeah, they're all doing cyber. They're doing online propaganda. You don't need and to my, blow people my up comment was, My comment was exactly, why would we scrap perfectly good weapons when they can be used by somebody to kill someone? Yeah, in Africa or something. Anywhere, just as yeah. long as they kill someone. Okay, let's go with this, <laughs> uh, this our note here. In the morning, today's donation of 333.33 pushes me into knighthood. I wish to be named Sir Weasel, keeper of the Pioneer Peak. Last show's discussion of the rotation of military weapons similar to groceries with an expiration date was correct. Nothing like a good proxy war to test out weapons and get rid of old stock. It (laughs) reminded me of a story that may be too long to share on the show, but it is interesting nonetheless. I think it's interesting, so I'll read it. I was a backseater in both the F-4G Wild Weasel and also the F-15E Strike Eagle with over 120 combat missions. The Air Force, in order to test missiles in their inventory, will task air crews such as myself to shoot down a full-scale drone aircraft with a missile randomly chosen from the inventory. That's the kind of quality control they do with the hard disks, by the way. He sent sent a picture. He was basically Goose in Top Gun. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's the same plane, everything. Like, holy crap. And, and he's got his name on the side. Woo. Yeah. Yeah. The program provides realistic training and also verifies the inventory almost as well as a good skirmish would. Uh, I was in the Strike Eagle when I was selected to shoot down the drone. I tracked the drone with the targeting pod and we shut it down with an MRAM. The drone, in this case, was a retired F-4. God, converted to be flown remotely, like into it, like into a building. Uh, World Trade Center. John, hey, as fate would have it, the F four shot. Uh, the F four I shot down that day actually had my name printed on the side from an early from earlier in my Desert Storm days. Whoa, what are the this chances? This was completely random occurrence, <laughs> as there are over five thousand F fours produced, and only one had my name on it. The pictures are attached. After leaving the Air Force and a stint with a soulless defense contractor, <laughs> I now own and run my own ranch. Nice. Raising pheasant, geese, ducks, and bird dogs. Uh, I also have a campground with cabins. The property is amazing as it is the base of Pioneer Peak along the, what is it, the, the Knick, 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 Knick River? The Knick, 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 Knick River in Alaska. 
producers who enter ITM as a coupon code code on knickriverranch.com will receive a 20% discount with when reserving a cabin. For the round table, I request Jeremiah Weed Whiskey, which is reasonable, and Alaskan King Crab. I also request Goat Karma and Pigs in Human Clothing for Jingles. Jim Parker, Butte, Alaska. So I, I went to knickriverranch.com. Did you? Oh, man. This is something the keeper and I would consider. It's sporty. It's it's outdoorsy and sporty, that's for sure. But, man, it's so beautiful. And you can um, you can ride horses on the frozen Knick River. Mm. Ah, it's, it, it, you should look at, look at that website. I'll, I should put it in the show notes. It's, it is dynamite. Alaska is the only state I've never been to. I've only been to Anchorage for like a 24-hour period. Yeah, you did a toe tap. It counts. A toe tap, yeah. We'll toe tap. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Jim Parker. Thank you for your courage. Thank you for your service. Fear is freedom. Subjugation is liberation. Contradiction is truth. Those are the facts of this world. And you will all surrender to them. You pigs in human clothing. You've got karma. Our next executive producer is J.D. Salazar. He supported us many times in the past. Rio Rancho, New Mexico, 33333. Uh, oh, what is this? For the jingle, take the phrase, 19 seconds. No. Sorry. <laughs> this is cold reads. Uh, we get these, the spreadsheet in the morning. The jingles are jingles that, we, that, we, that are established. Sorry. That, I don't have the time to do that and didn't see it. Uh, hello, Crackpot and Buzzkill. I've been a douchebag since 2008. Oh, please de-douche me. I thought he had donated before. I'm sure You've had. been de-douched. Makes no sense. Thank you for keeping me sane for the last few years. What? What happened to the ones before that? Hmm. My friend Eric hit me in the mouth all those years ago, and he never called me out. Well, you've, you have washed yourself of your sins. Please keep up the good work. Uh, you are doing humanity a true service, J.D. Salazar, Rio Rancho, New Mexico. Thank you, sir. Huh. Anonymous from Evansville, Indiana, 333.33. Uh, dear gentlemen, I'm appreciative of your dedication to truth and sanity. Additional comments reserved for knighthood. <laughs> Please uh, attribute this donation to your friend in the sacrificial jo- zone of the lower taper. Da- Dean. So do we just do Dean? No, he wants to be. Yeah, you can put. No, I'll just leave Dean out. Dean, just anonymous. He says we're told name. Maybe he said then he signs. Oh it shit! Dean. I'm sorry. I thought that was that was the uh, attribute this donation to your friend in the sacrificial zone of lower taper. Karma. What does that mean? I don't know, but it says it, it, that's a switcheroo. Oh, maybe no. Oh, well, yeah. Then you have to put Dean. You're right. You're right. You're right. I'm wrong. Yeah, some guy named Dean. All right, Sir John. <laughs> I don't Knowles. understand this anymore. Okay, v- yeah. Viscount of Murfreesboro. Ah, uh, he's three thirty-three thirty-three. He's in Murfreesboro. Why the fuck not? Okay, <laughs> Happy Easter from the Viscount of Murfreesboro. Well, I had to say that's a nice. Uh, well, that's guess. easy. A yeah. rude but nice note. Yeah, we like that. Well, the next one is not rude but short for Elliot Johnson in Whitman, Arizona, three thirty-three thirty-three in the morning. Dog oh. karma, please. You've got. 
Karma. Robert Wood and uh, where, how you pronounce it? Azel? Azel? Azel, You Texas? know, I've never heard of this. I never heard of it either. 333. A-Z-L-E is how it's spelled. Uh, Happy Easter. I'm a veteran uh, small dollar producer since John correctly forecasted Obama versus McCain as Adam nailed the Pope and the discussions of Kima underwear. <laughs> <laughs> now you're taking us back. And, and yeah, I, yeah, we, goes back. we need to bring the Hema underwear back. <laughs> yes. Adam uh, plus Tina check out Bible Project for artistic, quick, and positive Bible explanations. No jingles, no karma. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, we've been talking about that. Actually, I was reading Evidence That Demands a Verdict, which is a pretty cool book. Pierre. Right. Sorry? No, I said, yeah, okay. Pierre. Pierre. Pierre, hey, it's Pierre, everybody. Pierre from Paris for our hair. Pierre, except this Pierre is from Farmington, Connecticut, three thirty-three. Hello, Pierre. Bonjour, Pierre. Uh, for jingles, dealer's choice from the Hot Pockets era. Uh, okay. Right. Well, that's it. that makes that makes it easy. Thank you. Uh, Hot Pockets. Also, I need to be deduced. You've been deduced. And I like karma, but since I'm Catholic, change it to caramel. All right. You guys rock. I can't even begin to list all your amazing skills. Pierre from Farmington, Connecticut. So, throwback. Hi, I'm Cheeseburger. This is Buffalo Chicken, and this is Sloppy Joe. We're brothers. We we, we all taste great. Some more than others. Ah! Hot Pocket Side Shots. Three delicious flavors stuffed into soft baked buns. Hot Pockets. Hot Pockets. There you go, brother. Yikes. And anyone? Uh, Wait, I got to do the caramel. Oh, the caramel. You've got... Carmel. Arthur Sucher, uh in Starkville, Mississippi, 333. And he just has a bunch of lines, says nothing. But he has, uh, is he going to be knighted or something's going on with this guy? Uh, I, have I, a, think... I have a full cell here. Well, see, is... I have nothing. That's what she said. This is my third payment of 333.33, hoping Adam can chip in a penny. Well, of course we could chip in a penny and make me a knight. Not sure what verification you need for payment, so let me know. I think you've been verified. It's an honor system. Been listening for over 10 years, so this should average out to about 100 per year and well worth it. This is a douchebag call out to all those holding back. Douchebag. The MSM has so fried your brains that you don't want to hear the truth. No one covers the truth better than Adam and John. Non-biased, mostly. <laughs> non-biased mostly but always telling it like it is for you to digest you can knight me sir nathan of the attic after my son oh, who tragically passed away he turned me on to you all those years ago biden full load uh we have a biden full load it's whole load uh juice and what was the last one goat scream we got that for you i'm gonna give you the whole load today oh my gosh Juice? You've got <laughs> karma. And he's on the list for the nighting today. Huh. Um, okay, we went. Oh, I don't have that thing got blanked out like this. Richard Ballard in Aldberg, Ald- Vermont, 333. And he writes, been a while since I've donated, but notice my last year's donation put me over the, over the, um, Level for Baronet, since it's maple syrup season, season in Vermont, I'd like to change my name from Sir Richard the Lionhearted to Syrup 
<laughs> get it? Yeah. Of the Green Mountain State. Maybe we could get some sugar on sh- on show on snow. snow, sugar on snow at the round table, making maple sugar on snow. I don't know why I can't say that. And finally, add me to the birthday list. Okay, we got you. You're on the birthday That's list. That's interesting. No jingles, no you, do, you, you had a real brain block, sugar on snow. Yeah, sugar on snow. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Oh, yeah, I healed you. Fixed. Sir Mike, Sir Mark, Mark Golan is in the Netherlands in Weideness, 333. Weideness. Weideness. That's right. Hello, Adam and John, as founding father of the No Agenda stream. That's interesting. I hereby donate to be an executive producer and to advance from baronet to baron of East Lake City. You are the reason I have been unmasked, unvaccinated, and unafraid. Hail to no agenda. Nice one, Mark. Thank you very much. I'll grab this one. The next one, one too. It's blowed out my spreadsheet, this note. Brian Maloney, M-O-L-O-M, Brian Maloney, Spokane, Washington, 333. In the morning, thank you for your courage. I've been listening since Adam's first Rogan appearance. Rogan donation. And I've been meaning to donate for quite some time. The value the show has provided in my life is in need of balance. So I'm finally donating and I'm no longer a douchebag. Please de-douche me. You've been de-douched. While I'm at it, call, please call out my friend Kyle as a douchebag. Douchebag. I hit him in the mouth shortly after moving from Portland, Portlandistan to Spokane. And you help keep us both sane with your amygdala shrinking conspiracy therapy. Boots on the ground report. Portland really is a shithole. Sadly, I'm one of those producers whose keeper didn't appreciate his shrunken amygdala. No regrets on the major life change, but the moral of the story is that Aww. all yeah, more all producers should immediately go hit their keeper in the mouth upon hearing this if they haven't already. You've given me great value and now have some of my treasure. But I want to also add some of my talent by suggesting a production note. Oh, all right. You know what? It's, it's fair. It's fair. Production note. We Someone mm-hmm. has a note. Finally, someone has a production note. You sometimes pronounce the name of the vaccine as if it were Sherlock's, Sherlock Holmes' rival, Moriarty. Comergnardi. May I, may I suggest you pronounce it so it is nearly indistinguishable from your best woke impersonation of the word community? <laughs> if you practice the pronunciation by referring to those who accepted the vaccine into the life as the Comernardi community, then it sounds more like Cumernate, cumernate. And you've nailed it. Oh, man. Add some of your finest vocal fry for the cherry on top. Okay. Cominarity community. Bonus points if you start referring to all the diverse communities as communities. You know what? No. I like it. Appreciate the note, but no. No one knows the name of the vaccine. It's Pfizer, Moderna, and it's also not the vaccine that's, there's no community of Comunardi in America because it's not on the market here because it's a scam. Yeah. Lastly, huge shout, shout out to producer Tim for his help getting me up and running with a no agenda phone. What a fabulous producer Comunarte is out there. Time to find a meetup near me. I found the job up in Spokane during, uh, prior to requesting job karma, so I'd like to pass my job karma request forward for those in need. I recall a new Yellen jobs karma, but if Pelosi is all you can find, I guess... We're stuck with her. In addition, I'd like the jingles Resist We Much. We got Resist We Much. Uh, Trump Aroused. Yes. Biden Whole Load. Yep. And load it up. Uh, and look at that juice. Yes, I'm 12. <laughs> I got you. I'm not so sure about the Yellen Jobs Karma. Did we have a Yellen Jobs Karma? Not that I know of. Uh, yes, we did. 
Yeah, two versions even. Well, let's hit it. But resist, we much, we must, and we will much about that be committed. It was hard to get it aroused, and it is hard to get it aroused, but we got it aroused. I'm going to give you the whole load today. Oh, my gosh. Can you see that juice? You've got jobs, 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 jobs. Karma. Oh. Huh. It's pretty funny coming from her. I don't recall that one, but okay. <laughs> Dave Fugazzotto is next on the list. 32101 from Gladstone, Missouri. He is the uh, Duke of America's heartland and the Arabian Peninsula. He says the sad Elon photo got to me. No jingles, no karma. <laughs> bueno Pasca. Now that's in the newsletter. There was a pic. There was a, under the hypocrite. Uh, category there was two clips two uh if anyone's seen this they know how it works tweets two tweets and from in this case the the insider business uh, business business insider insider. and one of them says from like 23rd 14 15 something it says oh it's so great that a rich guy like like uh, jeff bezos could buy the washington post because this makes everything better and then the next one was a recent tweet saying, oh, it's terrible that a rich guy like Elon Musk would buy Twitter. It's ruining the world. He's a horrible person. <laughs> so it was a classic hypocritical one-two yeah. punch. Thank you, uh, Mr. Duke. Matthew McGreevy, Davenport, Iowa, 250. In the morning, boys, forgive me, Podfather. It's been a while since my last donation. Can we please hear Whip Him with the Constitution from the Reverend Manning? Oops, I didn't have that one set up. I think it's whoop em. I think it's whoop em with the Constitution. Yeah, it's whoop em. Whoop, whoop em, whoop em, whoop em. Yeah, I got it. I got it. I got it right here. Um, also, please send some travel karma to the Honey Badger on her way back to Iowa from California. WTC7. Get out there. Whooping, 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 whooping the Constitution. Yeah. WTC7 won't go away. You've got. Karma. Sir Don Francis, I believe, is up next from Chandler, Arizona, 22222. Thanks for doing the work. Love the Ukraine analysis. Love is lit. No jingles, no karma. Sir Don Francis. Beautiful. Uh, today's notes are terrific. Love them. Dame Astrid. Hey, love hearing from our Dame. She, of course, is the Duchess of Japan on all the disputed islands in the Japan Sea with a row of ducks, 222.22, Tokyo. Hello, Tokyo Cunning. No Easter celebrations here in Japan. No, they're heathens. But as expected, that does not hinder the wide sale of elaborate chocolate Easter eggs. <laughs> I'm really loving the hypocrite of the day segment. Oh, there you go, John. A great reminder of how people move the goalposts to fit their own agendas. Love and lit, Day Mastered, the Duchess of Japan and all the disputed islands in the Japan Sea. She doesn't ask for it, but a goat karma is appropriate. You've got <laughs> karma. Zark Guanteros in Brandonton, Florida, 222.22, another row of ducks. Dear John and Adam, been a cheapskate, so I'm stepping it up with a row of ducks to lay you some Easter eggs. That would have been a good idea for a gimmick. Keep up the good work. Please de-douche me. You've been de-douched. And give me some karma so I can keep up with my new IT manager job. You've got karma. Joshua McLean is in Bryan, Texas, $200. Thank you very much, Joshua. 
Uh, and he says, thank you both for the excellent work you do. I cannot say enough good things about how the show has enabled me to maintain my mental health through some very trying times. A good friend of mine and knight of the round table, dude named Ben, named Ben Defender of the Megawatts, ah, I'm talking about him in a moment, hit me in the mouth years ago. I've been a listener since around show 700, ah, the 700 Club. I have donated before, however, I have never been deduced, so deduce, so please deduce me. Overdue. You've been deduced. Overdue deducing. Thank you for your continued efforts to provide quality analysis of mainstream media. Just some karma, please. 73s from KG5 PDU. No, 73s, Keto 5, 73s. Alpha Charlie Charlie. You got it. You've got karma. And last on our list is Sir Christopher Kessler, Viscount. He's in Marshfield, Wisconsin at 200 bucks, And he says, Viscount, no jingles, no karma. <laughs> Boom. Good. Thank you all that very wraps much. Our, yeah. Wraps our group of uh, producers, executive producers, and associate executive producers for show 1443. Thank you all so much for hearing the call and opening up the newsletter or wherever it went to spam. It's highly appreciated. The, the newsletter is the reminder to support the show. And so when that when that misses, then then it misses. It's uh, people need reminding because there's a lot going on in everybody's world. So we really appreciate the step up we got from our execs and associate executive producers today. And uh, you are the uh, accredited now, uh, credited in the show notes, credit in the MP3 file, and you can use this credit anywhere credits are. Well, you can use it anywhere you want. But it's great where credits are recognized, IMDb, your LinkedIn profile, your resume. And if anyone ever ever has any questions, we'll be happy to vouch for you with a live telephone call and some wine tips. Uh, if you'd like to become an exec or associate exec, follow the instructions over here. Dvorak.org slash NA. Thank you for your time, talent, treasure for producing episode 1443. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. I want to play a couple upgrade or update clips. This is from NPR, and this is on Mariupol. Mariupol, 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 and they have flattened it, of course, as we know. Do we and know I that? Do we know that carefully. for sure? Do we know for sure they flattened it? I think it's pretty flattened. Okay, but I want you to listen carefully to this update, which ran on NPR. It was vetted by NPR, and it was a BBC report. And I will then go off on. On it with a rant. This Ukrainian is Mariupol. I'm sorry, Mariupol update. BBC NPR. Ukrainian Vladimir Zelensky says the destruction by Russian troops of the defenders of Mariupol will put an end to the negotiation process. The Russian Defense Ministry claims its forces have the whole urban area of Mariupol. The BBC's Sasha Schlichter has more. Referring to a devastated town outside Kiev, Mr. Zelensky said Mariupol may turn out to be as bad as 10 Borodyankas, adding that if Russia's goal was an early end to the war, its actions in Mariupol were a big mistake. We trade neither in territory nor in our people, he said, and the more Borodyankas there are, the more difficult it will be. 
earlier, Ukraine insisted its troops were still holding out in the ruins of Mariupol, where the defense is concentrated around the huge Azovstal metalworks adjoining the port. Reuters journalists have reached Mariupol's other giant factory, the Ilyich Steelworks, only to find, in their words, a silent ruin of twisted steel and blasted concrete, with no sign of defenders present. The BBC's Sasha Schlichter. Okay. I don't know if you caught that in there, probably not. It slipped right by. But yep. I uh, I showed it uh, under the clip BBC uh, subclip. Okay. Referring to a devastated town outside Kiev. Mariupol, a town out... <laughs> okay. Mariupol is a town outside of Kiev, according to the BBC So is report. Fredericksburg. <laughs> okay, I'm going, to, I'm going to give you some numbers here. Yeah. So Mariupol is, uh, by drive, if you want to drive there to, uh, from Kiev, it's 461 miles. So thus, San Diego is a, just outside of San Francisco, according to this guy. Uh, a couple of other little items here. Uh, Dallas to Fredericksburg is 196 miles if you drive. So you're five much hour drive. more like, <laughs> you're hour. right outside of Dallas. I am. I'm basically in a suburb of Dallas. It's only five hours to drive. And so uh, <laughs> it's actually closer to Lublin, Poland yes. than it is to Mariupol. It's, it's about the same distance to Warsaw as it is to Mariupol. And so it, I can go on and on. So why are they lying to us? Why are they lying to us that Mariupol is just outside of Kiev when it's nowhere near Kiev? Sacramento is closer to San Francisco than this is. I, it's about the distance to Reno. I mean, how is this just outside of Kiev? The question is, why do they say this? Why are they blatantly lying? Do you have an answer? And it's vetted. Because NPR played it full cloth. Well. I don't know. why. I don't know why they're lying. But this is a blatant lie. Fact check false. <laughs> yes. I, I, you know, I, I've heard I've heard so many of these. Fact check false. Uh, I've heard. Uh, I mean, I've just heard it a lot, and and you know, the, but I consider even Lviv to not really be just outside. No, it's not. Lviv's nowhere near Kiev. Lviv is probably about halfway to Mariupol in distance. Probably about. So it's probably a good two hundred yeah, miles off to the left. It's, yeah, it's no, it's off to the west. Yeah, but it's two hundred miles to the to the west. But that's always uh, just outside of Kiev. Kiev, sorry. Why are they lying? Well, because they're probably lying about a lot of stuff. I guess. I think this whole thing is there's just nothing but lying. Now let's listen to. Now I got a clip that this is a good catch. You know, by this, the way, good catch. Thank you. Uh, it just it irks me. It irks yes, I it understand. Irks I, it irks me too. So now, Bucha is still a, a questionable situation. Also a lie. Another lie. It looks like a lie, but let's listen to our friend, the uh, who's condemned from all media because he's accused pedophile, Scott, oh, Ritter, Scott Ritter. The military intelligence guy. He shows up on a, I think this is a white supremacist podcast. I'm not sure. What's the podcast it, called? called Dawson's Anti-Neocon. Uh, Radio or something like that. It's Dawson's. 
And he showed up on there. Somebody sent this to me. And I listened to it. And I think it's a pretty good rundown of what, why Bucha was, was, seems to be bogus. And listen to Scott Ritter. It's a three-parter. Uh, uh, Scott Ritter on Bucha. The reason why I bring this up is we're talking about mindset. We have one side that says we're trying to preserve human life, civilian life, and civilian infrastructure. We have the other side that says if you collaborate with the Russians, you will be killed. <laughs> I mean, it's written down. They've made videos. They talk about it. So now the Russians are in Bucha. Withdraw, part of this withdrawal. While they were there for several re- weeks, the Russian military says we had good relations with the local people. It was peaceful. We traded our dry rations for their dairy products. So they had a system of barter set up. So the, 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 the citizens of Buka would give them eggs, milk, cheese, and the Russians would give them the dry rations, the flour, the salt, the sugar, uh, the meat, etc. Um, and this was going on. Then the Russians left. Anybody who engaged in that kind of interaction with the Russians was now viewed as a collaborator. We know this because the Ukrainian National Police have published an announcement that they are going into Buka on April 1st to carry out a cleansing operation uh, to uh, liquidate the collaborators. All right. This is the exact opposite of the Russian approach, which is we treat everybody with respect and we try not to harm civilians. The Ukrainians are saying if you cooperate with the Russians, you will die. They have a videotape of a senior political figure announcing uh, on social media to the citizens of Bukha, stay in your homes. The national police are carrying out a cleansing operation. Do not panic. Stay in your home. She repeats it over and over and over again. Why? Because the police are in the streets gunning people down. Yeah, there's a Dutch journalist who also is boots on the ground, and she's been writing, and I posted it. It's, it's in, the, in the show notes, um, just completely countering the narrative that we're seeing from the M5M. And Ryan Dawson, by the way, uh, he's been around for quite a while. I think he's an ex-spook. Um, certainly since he graduated as a historian, I guess, a degree in history, from William and Mary, which is where my cousins went to school. Hello. Oh. Hello. <laughs> William and Mary. Hello. His very elitist spook school. So, or Well, the only spook. reason I suggest a white supremacist thing, because there's a logo there that looks very, you know, it's very fishy logo. That well, he, he's been over. kicked off of every platform. PayPal deplatformed him. Yeah. He's, he's, he's gone everywhere. So he, yeah, he's, he's, he must have something interesting to say is the way I look at it. Well, let's go to part two of this clip. Okay, hold on a second. Kicking in doors of people who are collaborating and killing them. And we know this is more than just uh, a document and a videotape because there's, I mean, a videotape of lady speak because we have videotape of them actually doing it. We have videotape of the Ukrainian police, especially an Azov group, uh, proudly claiming that you're going on a safari. That's an important word because when we talk about propaganda, how you take the language of one side, flip it, and use it again, you know, Take your language, flip it, and use it against the other guys. It's the Ukrainians who have a special unit. The name of the Ukrainian special police unit that went into Buka was the Safari Unit. And they were carrying out a safari to cleanse the pro-Russian collaborators. And cleansing means kill, not capture, kill. And they're doing it. And then they go around and they film the dead bodies and they say, the Russians did it. Now, there's a couple of things about the dead bodies. One, 
Most of them were wearing white armbands, which means that they were telling the Russians, we're on your side. <laughs> Don't shoot us. All right? Two, near each body is a green dry ration box, which they were carrying when they got killed, and it's on the ground next to them. Three, when they didn't have the armband, it's because the armband had been taken off and used to bind their hands. These people were murdered, murdered, not by the Russians, but by the Ukrainians. And yet that's not the spin that we're getting right now. The spin we're getting is just the opposite. All the forensic data that's available right now strongly suggests that the Ukrainians are responsible for the death of these people in Bukha. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, this video of them shooting people in the head. Yeah. This- Art Washington, Washington Post isn't talking about this. Let's go to the, just wrap it up with the, this last bit. Now, this could be, you know, a counter, you know, disinformation. We don't know what's going on here. But this little commentary he has here at the end about the dead bodies being there for two weeks, uh, I think is pretty convincing. The other interesting thing is they're trying to say these bodies died. I don't want to get too graphic here, but I've been around dead bodies. All right. You shoot a body on, on March 19th and you leave it lying in the street in 50 and 60 degree weather until April 2nd. The body ain't looking like they're looking on TV. Bodies tend to blow it up. This, the, the, the clothing tends to tear because the body swells and then the body bursts and it's very disgusting. It's gross. It's fetid. It's putrid. It's not what you saw on TV. What you saw on TV were freshly killed human beings. And we have another piece of evidence that more people need to pay attention to. A Mexican journalist gained access to Buka on the same day that the Ukrainians were declaring this. And he filmed the bodies. Fresh blood. He sat there and said, these people are freshly killed. This is fresh blood. Body ain't laying there since March 19th. It has fresh blood. These people were murdered on April 1st by the Ukrainian National Police. And yet we have the President of the United States coming out and saying that this is a war crime perpetrated by the Russians and Vladimir Putin needs to be brought to justice in The Hague. This is a propaganda war unlike anything we've seen in modern times because it's not just about manufacturing the case for war. This is about an outright lie about murder, which makes us complicit in the crime, us being Americans, because that's our president who's facilitating uh, the crime. Hmm. So, Sonia van der Ende is a, a journalist from Rotterdam, the Netherlands. She went and reported from Donetsk and Lugansk People's Republics as an embedded reporter with the Russian army, uh, which, of course, you need to take uh, with, with any grain of salt because that's how it goes when you're embedded, which reminds me, why, oh, why, oh, why, do we not have a single journalist embedded with the Ukrainian army? This is a thing. This is what many journalists live to be embedded. Isn't that interesting that there's no embedded journalist on, in this horrible war? Where and they're all just in Lviv and in front of the green screen of the night shot of the square. Even if it's <laughs> raining, it's dry. So and she, a dog bark, yeah, barking in the studio. She says the same. Uh, in Buka, many witnesses... Say the Russian army left on March 30th. Even the Ukrainian Ukrainian military who came in on April 1st didn't report any corpses on the streets. This happened on April 3rd, according to the Western media. 
Evidence also shows that the bodies had white armbands, the sign of the Russian army. The soldiers wear them, so the soldiers are killing the Russian Ukrainians? Yeah, no way. The majority of the people who I spoke with were very happy that the Russian special operation started. Of course, nobody wants violence and war, but they've been suffering for eight years now from war, carnage, and destruction by Ukrainian forces. The worst were the Nazi battalions who were fighting along with the regular army. It's all so consistent. But, you know, the true travesty of this war is the reported millions of refugees who are now in Poland. They're going to spread out throughout uh, the EU, the state, the Western states of the EU. That's the real, the real destruction here. Will they be able to go back? Will they want to go back? You know, what is Europe going? Europe can't handle any more refugees. It's just too much. Let's, here's another interesting situation. And this is more of a social media problem. This is the sinking of the Moskva. <laughs> yeah, this has been a great story. Yeah, well, let's listen to France 24's uh, uh, kind of the rundown. This is sinking of the Moskva intro. Now, no matter which side you believe, the optics, well, they're bad. Russia announcing that its flagship cruiser in the Black Sea, the Moskva, had been sunk while being towed. Uh, it was after a fire on board, says the Kremlin. A Ukrainian-made mercury-type missile claims Kiev. The Russian response, uh, quick and coming. The bombing overnight of a factory southwest of the capital that makes Neptune missiles. And uh, Moscow throwing up new unconfirmed claims that Ukraine's hitting targets across the border. So, yeah, this... This ship sinking is weird. First, I've seen this ship. I, I'm looking at some reports from 2015. This is their flagship? I, I Believe me, I feel the same it's way. It's not all that uh, impressive. Yeah, it's, it's, it's dorky. It's like, a, it's like a cruiser. It's not even a battleship. Well, it, ha- it, has, the, it has the ICBM launchers, which you could launch from anything. I don't. This ship is not impressive, not what I've seen. Yeah, I'm not going to argue that. But let's listen to France 24's Truth or Fake a segment which we used to play a little more of, but this time this woman comes out and she has two instances of how social media is passing around the shipping, the the sinking of the ship. This, according to the Russians, the ship was damaged from something or other. They had a problem on board and they were trying to tow it back to, uh, I guess, uh, Crimea, and it's and on the way back it sunk. Because it blew up or, or something happened to it. Yeah, it got, to well, it got bombed is what the, what the claim is. Yeah, but then again, the, the bombing, it seems to be a big fake. Listen to the sinking of the Moskva 1. Uh, social media users actually took a screenshot of this video from 2019 and flipped it and added a green filter to make it look like more of a military source video. Uh, but as this user points out, uh, it can be easily done on a digital digital alteration apps. Oh, okay. Yeah, there you go. So the, what you're saying, the, the mainstream is reporting on uh, disinfo from Twitter photoshop yeah. jobs <laughs> well, and not only that there's a second version of this where they actually show the ship being blowed up but listen to this this is sinking of the mosque of uh two 
Possible. Yeah, and the sinking of the Moscow is really a major development in the war, and so that's triggered a lot of online reaction. You've been looking at another claim uh, made uh, after this event. Indeed, we have a second example right here of footage of an exploding ship that users claim to be the Moskva, notably this post on Telegram by the leader of the Azov Nationalist Regiment in Ukraine. Uh, just a reminder to our viewers that the Azov Nationalist Regiment is a controversial far-right militia uh, fighting for the Ukrainian armed forces uh, led by Andrei Beletsky, who posted this video on Telegram. So many users reposted this video on social media, claiming that they belong to the Moscow cruiser in the Black Sea, known as the Moskva. Uh, this user says the founder of the Azov Regiment published a video of the explosion of the flagship, uh, flagship of the Black Sea fleet. Uh, this user saying the moments when cruiser Moscow was receiving greetings from Ukrainian army. And here's a video of a strike on the cruiser Moscow. But in reality, these photos have nothing to do with uh, this incident. Uh, in reality, these images belong to this Norwegian uh, Navy exercise from 2013 yeah. that we also saw in the news. Uh, but just a reminder that uh, this is also a war on misinformation from both Ukraine and Russia. And in this particular situation, a source of misinformation coming from members of the Ukrainian armed forces. Oh, seen. no. Oh, no. I disagree with what she's saying there. No. No. She's saying misinformation from Ukraine or armed forces? No. No. I will take you back to the beginning of our show. In the invasion of Ukraine, including electronic warfare, insurgency, and propaganda. This is us. This is, this is, this is what we do. America. You're doing a crappy job. So, uh, if two old white guys can figure it out, yeah. So, uh, but this came, whoever, whoever, they, the Ukrainian army took, posted this saying it was legit. So they're just lying. Yes. Because they know it's not legit. The it's first like victim of war is always the truth. we have to tolerate. This never ends, it seems. Let's go to, uh, uh, this is the war analysis. It's kind of interesting. This is uh, France 24 again, where they have this little panel. They get together and they bitch and moan about stuff. but. This is kind of interesting. This is the Ukraine F-24 war analysis. The number and scale of missile strikes on targets in Kyiv will increase in response to any terrorist attacks or sabotage of the Kyiv nationalist regime on Russian territory. Yeah, that spokesperson's words uh, coupled with uh, defense ministry images of missiles flying into the sky. Vivian Walt. This is obviously really worrying because it's clearly a moment in which everybody is gearing up for the major, major battle that's going to happen in the, in the East. And it's just very hard to see how this war is going to keep contained within the borders of Ukraine, whether or not um, Kiev has actually struck over the border again, which they did once um, into Russia. You know, now you have Finland and Sweden yep. being fast-tracked into NATO. You have so many different signs that this is going to become a wider war. And it's almost like everybody is going a to... A wider their, war with NATO nations is what you're saying? Well, whether it's west or east, we're not quite sure at this point. Um, but, you know, it, it's, it could be argued that NATO is already involved. I mean, NATO is clearly arming Ukraine heavily. Um, they've done tremendous training of Ukrainian forces and, um, and are chewing on the battlefield. 
Yeah, uh, we have several producers in Finland, and this is a, this is a big thing. You know, Finland's obviously connected to Russia. Most people don't know that either, but go look at uh, go look at the map. And Finland is you know being actively aggressively courted into NATO, and it's 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 a big controversy. Not only that, but they, the term she uses, fast track. Fast tracking, yes. It takes years to get into NATO. Generally, this is this is that maniac that's running NATO. That guy is a horrible Jens, person. Jens Stoltenberg? Yeah, that guy. So let's mm-hmm. go to part two of this clip because it's got a little thing in here, a little item in here I thought was good. I'm not I'm sorry. I'm not sure it, it, it's going to spread in the, but it's it will be like seeing a, you know being a fortune um, seeker in, in war times it's impossible but but I think I, it's not I don't think it's going to spread but I think it's going to be very long. I think it's going to be longer than what we presumed. I think it's going to be absolutely like the Syria scenario we had. And I think that Joe Biden is absolutely not helping and has not been helping with the rhetoric that he's been going forward with from last month in, in Poland when he said war criminal to a f- few days ago. I think it was on Tuesday when he mentioned the word genocide. Yeah. Um, so I think that uh, that he's it's escalating not in terms of territorial gain, but in terms of the rhetoric and the sanctions that are being put on the table. The um, Finnish prime minister and Swedish prime minister did a joint uh, press conference on Thursday addressing these very items. Interesting uh, fact, both the prime ministers of Sweden and of Finland are women. They are all in on, uh, on, as far as I can glean from the, uh, from the English uh, that can't Finnish be because, press. gee, if, we, if women become the the, uh, <laughs> the the leaders, they're peace lovers. Thank you for picking that. Well, this is all about peace, you see. Uh, so they have a report. Uh, this report outlines the advantages and disadvantages of Finland joining NATO and considered the starting point of an official debate about Finland's possible membership uh, in the military alliance. The report says NATO membership would not necess- necessitate Finland hosting nuclear weapons a permanent NATO military base, or even alliance troops. Oh, it would only cost them 1% to 1.5% of Finland's current defense budget. So give us your money. Uh, And there was something else in here. Oh, yes. According to uh, this uh, newspaper sources, Finland is expected to apply for membership in the near future, with its application likely being sent to the North Atlantic Council sometime between April and June before the big NATO conference in Madrid at the end of June. So this is fast-tracked. And that's going to kick off, you know, the Finns, the Finns are not your typical, these are not Europeans, necessarily. They're not Russians. They're kind of, even their DNA is not at all like Scandinavian DNA. They're very separate type of people. And it's going to be interesting to see how they get uh, corralled into this. It's not, it's not a great idea. The whole point of Russia being pissed off is because you're encroaching Russia. Finland is so let's encroach more. Yeah. And they're considering it. I don't understand. You already deplatformed them. <laughs> Very odd. Yeah. Well, let's, I got, well, really, I got it. I want to play the Biden genocide comment. That's a uh, part of the, the 
big picture. part of the narrative. Yes. Okay. I have it here. The White House is offering further comment on President Biden's claims of genocide being committed by Russian forces. As NPR's Windsor Johnston reports, Biden had stopped short of using that term until now. President Biden on Tuesday said Russia's war in Ukraine amounts to genocide, accusing President Vladimir Putin of trying to wipe out the idea of even being a Ukrainian. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki says Biden's remarks come as it becomes more clear of what's happening in Ukraine. He was speaking to what he feels we see on the ground. But regardless of what you call it, what our objective now is evidenced by the enormous package of military assistance package. we put out today is continue to help and assist the Ukraine in this war and one where we see atrocities happening every single day. President Biden announced an additional $800 million in military assistance to Ukraine as Russia shifts its military operation to the eastern part of the country. Package. Again with the package. <laughs> the military package. Um, okay, I have, I have two, two things to contribute to this. Uh, first of all, the, um, uh, it was the CIA director who came. Our CIA came out and said Putin could get desperate. He might uh, he might start nuking. That's very irresponsible of him to say that. I I'd agree with this. When I first, I think I wrote this up in the newsletter. Thus, thus when they start saying this kind of thing, because it does it doesn't make any sense that you'd use any sort of nuke. In Ukraine, because it just, you know, for one thing, it's a, it's a breadbasket area. You don't want to t- contaminate the wheat fields or anything. And the, and it just doesn't make any sense whatsoever. So it sounds more to me like we're going to blow one of these things off. Yeah. Contaminate the wheat fields, change the commodity markets, uh, probably ruin the, that area for growing wheat for, you know, a hundred years. Uh, I, this, I don't like this. This just sounds like a setup to me. There's no clip, unfortunately, but the William Burns, he's the current CIA director. This was Thursday. Warned the U.S. cannot take lightly the threat of Russian President Vladimir Putin using nuclear weapons. Quote, given the potential desperation of President Putin and the Russian leadership, given the setbacks that they face so far, militarily, none of us can take lightly the threat posed by a potential resort to tactical nuclear weapons or low-yield nuclear weapons. He made his remarks at a Georgia Tech conference in Atlanta. Um, Here is what Justin Trudeau has to say. Just... Just a little shorty, just to remember that he's still uh, he's still alive. So when Canadians and friends from around the world stand for Ukraine, we are standing for Ukraine, but we are also standing for ourselves, for these values that have been undermined over the past years with the rise of authoritarianism. <laughs> with attacks on the social cohesion because uh-huh. of excessive populism and over-nationalism. We have an opportunity now as a world to stand for what is right. <laughs> so funny that he should say that. Uh, but this report, now, I mean, you can blame a lot on Russia. You know, right down to the uh, the, the Russia, uh, the... The Steele report, the Russian hoax, Russia, 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 everything Russia. But now, now they're taking it to the max. We've got one more thing we can blame on Russia. It's taken years to figure out. This is the History Channel. The math here. But the data also aligns with a northern arc. Following the northern arc, 
the aircraft would have passed through northern Thailand and then Central Asia. This is MH337. No! (laughs) If the plane did fly along the northern route, the final ping puts it over central Kazakhstan. If MH370 went to Kazakhstan, it opens up a frightening possibility. This theory says that terrorists hijack the aircraft, take it to Kazakhstan, kill the passengers, and then they could have refueled and continued to anywhere within Russia. If the plane went north, it could have landed safely. It takes a lot of runway to land a big plane like the 777, and there aren't a lot of long runways in the remote central part of Kazakhstan. But wait! But it turns out that there is a runway not too far away that is a suitable runway for a 777 to land on. The place is called Yubileni Runway, and it's part of the former Soviet military base. The big question is, did anyone on the plane have ties to Russia? Oh! In first class, there's a Russian national named Nikolai Brodsky. And he's sitting about 15 feet from an unlocked hatch, which contains the electronic brain that controls all of the flight surfaces of the plane and all the, the communications with the ground. And in economy class, you have two... Soviet army veterans sitting directly under the box that makes the satellite ping. It's entirely possible that somebody took control of the plane, killed everyone on board, flew off into perfect safety, refueled, went and hid the plane somewhere, and got away scot-free. Yes, of course, Putin. What would be the point of this exercise? Did they explain that? Yes, to make a uh, 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 room for History Channel to produce crap. <laughs> I love it. All right, this is one that I've been holding on to, uh, just something we're just going to talk about briefly. Uh, I talked about Sir Dude named Ben Protector of Megawatts, who works at a critical infrastructure security company in the United States. And uh, we talk regularly. He talks with a lot of different uh, producers. He's a, a couple of different podcasts. He's talked with Sir Gene, I think, with uh, uh, with Darren as well. He's around. Uh, Sir Spencer, all these different podcasts. And he pinged me a week and a half ago and said, okay, uh, there is an energy producer in Texas who has identified a very serious uh, malware instance in their system. Ah, yes, yes, yes. And you told me about this offline. Yeah, right after the show, I said we didn't really get to it, but it was also, I I wanted to wait because he explained to me, and now now there is the CISA, uh, CISA, that's the the government uh, computer uh, security agency, the one that said the Dominion voting machines were all on the up and up, those guys. Uh, And they uh, reported on this, and this, it is a very, very severe piece of malware because it's they're calling it the swiss army knife of malware and it's it is in the scada systems the supervisory control and data acquisition devices so these are the devices that uh um that are an interface between a computer and you know uh it could be a valve it could be a temperature sensor so that a boiler doesn't overheat and explode it it is the the um the interface between the the data and the physical world of power generation. So this malware is not 
just in systems like a Windows, you know, Vista that is sitting in one of these plants. No, it is in the Schneider Electric Programmable Logic Controllers. That's a PLC. It is in the Omron SysMac NEX PLCs and the Open Platform Communications Unified Architecture Servers. This, some of this stuff could only be put into these devices at the manufacturer. And so when I asked our dude named Ben Protector of Megawatts, I said, what does it look like to you? These guys look at this stuff all day long. They say, Russian? Because the Russians are the ones that people really do fear. You know, if you got the ghosts in the machine, these guys are good. He says, this looks like our guys. Without uh, making a formal accusation, of course. And so I said, how about this? Why Because I knew that his corporation was reporting this, was reporting it to the government. But let's see how it gets picked up. Well, have you seen a single M5M report about this? No. Anyone going, oh my God, hair on fire? Even if you said the Russians or the Chinese or anybody. Yeah. Every fart is blown up. But this one... Oh, yeah, Wired did a piece on it. Of course, you know, the uh, blinking computer. Of course, there's, 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 there's people who are doing reports on it, but it is not the hold on to your ass because the lights could go out in, uh, in Texas or New York or anywhere. This would be the one, and they're not making a big deal out of it, which makes me highly suspicious. And uh, I've put in the, uh, in the show notes uh, a couple of documents. These are the public documents. And you'll see this. This is a. This is a. And they don't know how many. How many different devices or energy uh, generating companies and systems have this. It's been in the, in this particular system since October last year. So I'm happy I got my generator. <laughs> yeah, I'd say you should be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 me, my generator, and my friends with lots of rice. I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh, yeah, that'd be fab. Yeah, on No Agenda in the morning. Yes, and indeed, we do have a few people to thank for show 1443, starting with Anonymous in Brooklyn, New York. Um, He just loves the show. Okay. Uh, Sir Vito in Evergreen, Colorado, 14162. Uh, Christopher Guia in Dallas, Texas. Uh, just where, just outside of where you live. <laughs> yes, it's, it, it, I'm in the suburb of Dallas. You're in the suburb of yes, Dallas, yes, 133.33. Yes. Patrick Visser in Leduc, Alberta, Canada, 12345. Zach Welch in Burien, Washington, 101. Sir Furry Furry. Uh, in Salem, Oregon, 100. David Schlesinger in Philadelphia, 100. Ada, Elta, Asta, Asta, Asta Batista. Asta Batista in Kanab, Utah, 100. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, I'm sorry. I couldn't find that. I'm like, where's Asta Batista? There it is. I got it. I'm up. I'm, I'm with Asta you. Batista. Asta Batista. Asta Batista. Z- uh, Zadak uh, Brown in Pukalani. Oh, Pukalani. Pukalani, Hawaii. Hawaii. Uh, some guy goes up and he says, Hey, 
how do you pronounce it anyway? Is it Hawaii or Hawaii? And the guy says, Hawaii. And he says, well, thanks. He says, you're welcome. <laughs> Lucas Williams is next on the list. And he's in Roswell, New Mexico. Woo! $100. Jim Coleman in Harlem, Netherlands, 100 a lot of hunters today. That's nice. Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. Jim Coleman uh, asked for a dedouching. Needs a dedouching. I got it here. <laughs> You've been dedouched. Coleman also says, since John was whining so much about donations, <laughs> I thought I'd kick in. Well, if that's what it takes, that's what it takes. Yeah. What Charlotte- happened to value for value, bro? Charlotte- yeah, really. Charlotte Worcester. Uh, in San Francisco, $100. If she has a note, and, and I, I'll just read it also because I'm grateful because her name is like the sauce. She spells it like the sauce, W-O-R-C-E-S-T-R, uh, which everyone I pronounce as Worcester, and it's just Worcester. So it's Worcestershire sauce, everybody. We finally have it. Uh, and she says, finally, I'm sending some money to express my gratitude for your highly engaging podcast, done not once, but twice a week. I've been listening for perhaps one year after listening to the Tom Woods podcast when Adam was a guest. Tom Woods donation. Now it's time to be deduced. You've been deduced. My 19-year-old son, who's left for college, also enjoys the show, and it has helped... Uh, I can't help something him through some of the COVID madness. It's been good for him. All the best from San Francisco. Thank you very much. And then the next note, uh, it concerns a knighting, uh, I believe, yes, uh, Dame Christina, Pearl of the Clear Blue Skies from uh, Mishawaka, Indiana. Uh, So I'll read this. Sorry about the late birthday greetings and typed letter, but my writing hand is injured, which doesn't explain the lateness. Okay, 9432. Typically, we don't read donations uh, at this level, but this donation should bring Charlie to knighthood. He would like to be Sir Robert Charles of Deputy. Uh, boots. He would like ribeye and bourbon at the round table. Boots on the ground reporting. Airlines are always short-staffed the last day of the month and the first three days of the month. It's called overlap at my airline. And we, flight attendants, are offered incentive pay to pick up trips, but sometimes there is enough incentive in the world as everything is currently awful in the airline biz. Adam might be correct about the pilot hours, but his theory doesn't hold water as airline chaos can happen any time of the month, but especially the last day of the month. And the Well, first of all, it's not my theory. Second of all, it's exactly this theory, if, unless I'm misunderstanding it. Uh, and, uh, yes, it's probably, and even on the last show, we talked about flight attendants, uh, being sick and tired of it. So we completely understand. And, uh, Sir Robert Charles will receive his, uh, ribeye and bourbon at the round table. And thank you for your courage. Thank you for your support. Good. Uh, sur- survive of the virtual reality in Portland, Oregon comes in with 88.88. Uh, and he's going to be upgraded to Baron, mm-hmm. and he wants to be Baron Wasteland, survive the virtual reality. Uh, uh, Brandon Pat, Patrick Brandon in Bakersfield, 8686. Uh, and here he is, Sir there Kevin is. McLaughlin, Duke of Aluna, and lover of America, lover of boobs, boobs. Yeah. Uh, in Concord, North Carolina. Not messing around. Loving the boobs. No joke. Uh, I'm not kidding. 
Not kidding. Not kidding. Daryl Cook, also boobs, 8008 in Lebanon, Tennessee. David Wright in Harrison, Arkansas, 7777. Matthew Leans, I'm thinking, in San Francisco. Could be Leans, but I think it's Leans. Or Leancy, maybe. 7777. Matt Bernier in Manassas, Virginia, 7777. Matthew Leinhart, Buford, Georgia. He's in Buford, Georgia. Is there a reason for the seven? Is there a re- reason for the sack of sevens? I have no idea. Hmm. No, I wasn't soliciting it. It's funny. Maybe that's just random numbers there. Ness works. Also a lover of boobs and big booties. <laughs> seventy. Ness works. Always trying to do better than the next guy. Yeah, and coming in with seventy for some reason. I don't know what that. Okay. Dylan Mitchell Funk in Toronto, Ontario. Also seventy. Sir Rick in Arlington, Washington, 6969. Uh, Sir Vegas Ray, Knight of naked of the Naked City in Lost Wages, Nevada, 6969. Oh, that, oh, I'm sorry. Sir Rick is 6996. He does that. Scott Corey in Fort Grace. Uh, there's a pronunciation for this. Uh, Gradiot, Graciot. I'm not sure. I oh, I, no, I, I know. It's uh, Grashit. Grashit? Grashit. Okay. Yep. The, the, Grashit. I was told to remember it by think by just remembering it's grass shit. Grashit. Grashit. Okay. Mm-hmm. She's in Fort Grashit. <laughs> uh, Brian Gates in Fremont, California, 6666. Chris Perry in Silver Spring, Maryland, 666. 66. No, just 66. Blake, Blake Thomas in Kansas City has got a birthday, 6133. Sir St- uh, Stardibart. Fast. Slarda Bartfast. Sir Slarda Bartfast. Slarda. Slarda. And Hope, Rhode Island. 5678. I hope he likes Rhode Island. Caitlin Perry in Mount Vernon, Washington. 5678. Matthew Cargo, 5650 in Gobbles, Michigan. Uh, Steve Bustador in Adrian, Michigan. 5555. Daniel Mariano, 5510. Richard Futter. In London, UK, 5510. Chris Engler, Antcaster, Ancaster, Ontario, 5510. Sir David Galloway, 5510. In Flower Mound, Texas. Scott Evers in Dallas, Texas, 55. Morgan Medlock in Firecrest, Furcrest, Furcrest, Washington, 5420. Brian Richardson in Aurora, Colorado. I'm sorry. Brian Richardson in Aurora, Illinois, 5069. And he says, he's got some comment there. Check it out. Brandon Thrasher in Birmingham, Alabama, 5033. Douglas Engstrom in Sandy Lake, Pennsylvania, 5033. Troy Peterson, 5001 in Battlefield, Missouri. And the following people, and there's quite a few of them, there's actually 30 uh, with $50 donations. And I'll read them off. Name and location. Actually, you read the first one because he's going to be knighted and he's just red. It's uh, yes, David Di- Shalona, $50 from Madisonville, Louisiana. I am so proud to say that my monthly subscription has brought me to the No Agenda Roundtable. Please see the accounting below. I must thank Sir Chris Gray of the Isle of Wight, who hit me in the mouth pre-pandemic in 2019 at the Cattleman Show in New Orleans. I wish to be known henceforth as Sir M-M-M, no, Sir M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-
1X on all podcasts. Please prepare me some Buffalo Trace on the rocks and some sweet fire and jalapeno cheddar sausage from the Lil Butcher Shop. Thank you for your courage. And I'll take all the karma you can dish out. Slanja. Yeah, we'll do a karma for you and everybody in a moment. Now we got the $50 donors in addition to David. Uh, my Shalona. Alexander Stowinski, Denver. James Poulos in Reno. Uh, Eric Hoff in Edmonton, Alberta. Uh, Baron of Southern California, Sir Lineman of the Net, Raleigh Hawk in Anna, Illinois. Uh, Jonathan Peckham in Bristol, Rhode Island. Martin, 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 Benedictus in Groningen. 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 Uh, Netherlands. John Camp in Antlers, Oklahoma. James Edmondson in South Plainfield, New Jersey. Josh Adair in AP. He's, a, he's in, floating around. He's in the military, it looks like. Uh, Jessica Young in Yuba City. Stephen Schumach in Xenia, Ohio. Uh, Jamie Hilliard in Newman, Georgia. Angela Bull in Kings, Kingsville, Texas. Uh, it's Gerald Zimmer in Boulder, Colorado. Philip Ballou in Louisville. Dane Brayson, Brayson in Westport. Benjamin McDonald in Houston. Chris Slowinski, Sir Chris in Sherwood Park, Alberta. Jesse Fanta in Weatherford, Texas. Robert Schmidt in Oregon, Wisconsin. Leora Coronel in Nevada City, California. Matthew Spangler in York, Pennsylvania. Sir Andrew Gardner in Leonardtown, Maryland. Uh, Sir John Height in Folsom, California. Jennifer mm, Fivey, Fively, Fivey, Five. I don't know. What do you think? She's no idea. in Calgary, Alberta. F Y V I Fivey. Maybe Fivey. Hey, Fivey. Where's Sixy? <laughs> David Vinton in Clarkston, Washington. Megan Emery in Austin, Texas. David Galloway in Marietta, Georgia. Leanne Shipley in Covington, Washington. Covington. And last but not least, Sir Jerry Wingenroth down there in Saugus, California. I want to thank all these people for making this show even a possibility, let alone helping support it and keeping it going. And reaching back to the Blake Thomas donation, 6133, an Easter donation for T-squared from his sons, Blake and Luke. And the other one you wanted me to read was Brian Richardson, Aurora. He says, I can't believe how spoiled I am from the sound quality of the show over the years and tight production. You experiment with setups pretty regularly. It seems that even if you think it sucks, it's still in the 99th percentile of all podcasts. I agree with that. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Well, I, I mix it for your earbuds. I know where we are. This is not radio. It's for in your ear. Thank you all very much for supporting episode 1443. As promised, here's a little goat karma for y'all. You've got karma. And remember us for our Thursday show at Dvorak.org slash N-A.
Very short list today, but as we just stated, Blake and Luke Thomas say happy birthday to their dad. T-squared, he turns 61 today. Happy birthday. Also, Richard Ballard will be celebrating and gets in nice and early. That'll be on April 28th, so in advance. Happy birthday from everybody here at the best podcast in the universe. Now, this is the crazy one. we got a lot of title changes today. Dame Marianne Schneeberger becomes Baronetess Marianne Schneeberger, the damsel of disaster. Sir Richard the Lionhearted becomes Sir Up of the Green Mountain State. Sir Mark Colin, Baron of East Lake City. Survive of the Virtual Reality, now Baron Wasteland. Survive of the Virtual Reality. And David Shalona becomes Sir My Shalona, Defender of the 1X Speed. And I am a big proponent of defending the 1x speed thank you all so very much for your support of the no agenda show we do have a couple of nights that i'd like to bring up you guys come up here on the podium please there we go we got three today john so a blade that can handle it please i got a big blade (laughs) again she said it robert charles jim parker arthur shucker up on up you're already here you have supported the No Agenda Show in the amount of $1,000 or more. I'm very proud to pronounce the Kate V as Sir Robert Charles of Deputy, Sir Weasel, Keeper of the Pioneer Peak, and Sir Nathan of the Attic. Gentlemen, for you, we've got Hookers and Blow, Rent Boys, and Chardonnay. We've got Jeremiah Weed Whiskey and Alaskan King Crab, Sugar on Snow, Ribeye and Bourbon, and Buffalo Trace on the Rocks with some Sweet Fire and Jalapeno Cheddar Sausage from the Lil Butcher Shop. Oh, yeah, in case you want it, we also got some Bong Hits and Bourbon, Sparkling Cider, and Escorts, Gin Drail and gerbils, breast milk and pablum, beer and blunts. Oh, yeah. And the mutton and mead. It's right here. You know you want the mutton. You know you want the mead. And we need you to go to noagendanation.com slash rings to make sure that we get your address, your ring size. We can send out those night rings, which are signet rings. Comes with some wax that you can use to seal your important correspondence. Ah, Pabst Blue Ribbon on Easter. And, of course, the Certificate of Authenticity. Thanks again for supporting the No Agenda Show. Well, when it rained and poured on the last show, we had six meetup reports, now uh, exactly zero. Uh, But that's okay, because more will be coming. And we do want to promote this uh, coming Wednesday, the 20th, the Fort Worth meetup, where the Western simulation begins. That'll be 6 o'clock at Panther Island Brewing. On Thursday, Show Day Youngsville, the meetup number two, 6 o'clock Eastern Buds Tavern in Youngsville, North Carolina. And also on Thursday, Charlotte's Thursday, third Thursday, 7 o'clock Eastern Edge Tavern, Charlotte, North Carolina. A reminder that we have May 16th in Charleston, South Carolina. Uh, The Keeper and I will be attending. That's going to be, there's people coming from all over. This is kind of our do-over for uh, the Missed Nashville, Tennessee uh, meet up and there's there's a long list for April and May. In fact, we even have June and July filling up. If you've never been to a No Agenda meetup, it's completely producer organized. Uh, you will love it because even though you're all going to be different, different ages, colors, r- r- races, religions, backgrounds, uh, class, you're going to have a community and you're going to click right away and you'll be hitting other people in the mouth in the establishment. Noagendameetups.com you can't find one, start one. Sometimes you want to go hang out with all the nights and days. You want to be where you 
indeed. You got a couple of ISOs. All right. Do you, do you have any ISOs? I do. I have three. Okay. I'll play mine first. Babies are being vaporized. Th- that should have been the opening of the last show, I realized. That's you, in case you missed it. That's a good one. Use it the opening for this show. No, no, no. Yes. And that's the other ISO I have. <laughs> yeah, we could use babies are being vaporized for this show. It's a good one. I like it. Let's go with, let's try these out. Love that. Okay. Oh, I love that. Mm, okay. Mm, mm-hmm. I love that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Special. That's what makes it special. Mm-hmm. And words. It's not just words. Hmm, tough. I'm not sure. I kind of... Let's see. Oh, I love that. Okay. I don't know. It's, uh, I had this. No, no, no. Yes. Uh, it falls apart at the end. It does. Um, hmm. I think I love that is the one I like. Yeah, I think it's okay. Yeah, I'm going to use that one. I'm load that sucker up. I'm also going to boost it a little bit. Give a little more dynamics to hit the compressor. Yeah. Really bring it home. Let people know the show is really over. <laughs> All right, I have uh, two things I want to... Uh, the war on guns uh, is ratcheting up in the United States. Uh, we had this subway shooting, which was very odd and obfuscated almost uh, immediately by another shooting, this time in oh, South Carolina, where the meetup will be. Remember, May 16th. Breaking news here at home. The terrifying shooting at a crowded mall in Columbia, South Carolina. Law enforcement surrounding the mall confirming just as we came on the air, at least 12 people were hurt, 10 of them shot. Authorities do not think the shooting was random. Shoppers told to shelter in place these people inside the back of a store. Authorities then evacuating everyone, leading people out of the mall and telling them to wait in their cars until first responders could make sure the area was safe. Three people have now been detained. And what we're learning about the conditions of some of the victims. So this is weird where the FBI in New York immediately was saying, uh, there's no terrorism, no terrorism. And uh, now for these guys in South Carolina, they're saying uh, it was uh, it's not random. It's not random. So I'm not quite sure what not random is supposed to mean. Uh, but it's, it seems like they're ratcheting something up. Chicago. Chicago. This is another good one. The events unfolding Tuesday evening around 9 o'clock. Sources telling ABC7 that's where the mayor's security detail was parked, right outside the Shake Shack restaurant at 14 South Michigan. Mayor Lightfoot had just left a celebration honoring Harold Washington and had stopped at a restaurant on the top the floor of the Chicago Shack. Athletic Association right next door. Sources saying a member of her security detail then noticing something alarming about one of two men standing in line in the Shake Shack. He immediately notified dispatch. The second has a leather coat-style bag with the outline of a gun. Responding police arrested 21-year-old Travion Broadway and another man who was not charged, both from Milwaukee. According to court documents, police recovered two Glock semi-automatic handguns like these from inside the suspect's vehicle. Both weapons had an extended magazine and a laser sight attachment. One had a live round in the chamber and a switch to shoot full auto. Broadway is also charged with possessing a silencer and metal-piercing bullets. Military-grade weaponry, according to one law enforcement expert. 
So I think that this is what it's about. Uh, this report. This goes right to the ghost gun. In politics in the United States, nothing is a coincidence. As sad as it sounds, you're right. It wasn't just random, the shooting in South Carolina. These things are meant to be, and they're meant to be to, as quickly as possible, take away guns, have Americans give up their guns voluntarily, the way Australia did it. Good luck with that. Before the mayhem hits. I think that they know that, oh, man, it's going to be really bad, so we want to we get rid of as, as many guns as possible. And then what are they highlighting? Extended magazines. What are they highlighting? Laser sight. Oh, these are all very, this military-grade stuff. There's a live round in the chamber. And, there was, and so this was a Glock auto handgun? Well, you know, when you talk about a forty-five, you know, any, you know, anything other than a revolver, they're all called automatic. No, he said no, no. But, but what he said is with a with a switch to go full no, auto. Bullcrap. Is it? I think what it is, you can say it's an automatic because that's what a pistol is called when you pull the trigger, it recocks. It's yeah, but listen, automatic, I'm just just listen to the report and let's no, try. No, I heard the report and he made it sound as though you could pull back and it's like now it's like a Mac Ten. Said and full it just sprays no, bullets. Yeah, full auto. Yeah, that's not where no. No, I I agree with you, but let me listen again. With the outline of a gun. Responding police arrested 21-year-old Travion Broadway and another man who was not charged, both from Milwaukee. According to court documents, police recovered two Glock semi-automatic handguns like these from inside the suspect's vehicle. Both weapons had an extended magazine and a laser sight attachment. One had a live round in the chamber and a switch to shoot full auto. Um... I think that it may have been a, a Glock 18. There are fully automatic, but it's not easy Whatever to come by. Whatever the case, this is a poor report. He yeah. starts off with the semi-automatic moniker, mm-hmm. which is applies to rifles. And I mean, I, just, I think it was just a bad report. The guy doesn't know what he's doing. Yes, he does. What he's doing is following the messaging, well, following, following the narrative. The script, yeah, okay. Yeah, well, he can is... read. He can read. And, You're right. And how clueless are these people? Are these the White House? They really think that this is going to work? Oh, you know, there's so many shootings now. No, okay. Oh, they found a gun with a bullet in the chamber in Chicago? (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Who knew? In Chicago, no less. (laughs) And why are they going to Shake Shack in the first place? It's not a Shake It's a New York chain. They should go to one of the million Chicago places. If you listen, she was at a restaurant on the upper floor in the building next door. They were just... Parked outside the Shake Shack. Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, I did listen, but all I heard was Shake Shack. <laughs> it made, me, made my skin crawl. <laughs> and just all of a sudden, everything else went black. It's like a plug for Shake Shack. <laughs> oh, man. I only have one clip. All right. And it's just, this, who's, what, what name do you uh, associate with Apple phones? What manufacturer? With Apple, the, with Apple phones, what manufacturer do I associate with Apple phones? Yeah, the iPhone. Uh, do you Apple, associate Foxconn, perhaps? Who make them? Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I used to. I don't know. I don't know if I still do. Okay, well, you're you're, you're on the right track because they don't make it. I don't know if they make them anymore because there's a new company, but it doesn't make any difference. You're not going to get your iPhone anyway. Let's, let's 
Listen to this little clip. Is the next iPhone primed to take a bigger chunk out of shoppers' wallets? Most of the devices are manufactured in China. But as much of the country remains weighed down by strict pandemic policies, the risk of putting all eggs in one basket might be growing. NTD's Don Ma speaks with an expert to learn more. China's lockdowns could now be affecting iPhone production because more than three-quarters of all iPhones are manufactured in China. This could be a risk for Apple if a manufacturing facility were to shut down. Pegatron, for example. On Tuesday, the major Apple iPhone supplier said it's stopping operations at its only two factories in Shanghai and Suzhou. Pegatron makes around a fifth to nearly a third of all iPhones. Business lecturer Jeff Hook at Johns Hopkins University says this could affect the output of iPhones. Pegatron's one of their bigger manufacturers slash suppliers, so that's going to affect the number of phones that Apple can produce. It's exactly hard to say. We don't know how long the shutdown is going to last. If the Pegatron shutdown does affect iPhone production, the next iPhone could be more expensive for you. Many times there's a shortage of a product and the demand doesn't change, being the price is going to go up, unfortunately, for consumers. Apple likely won't move its iPhone manufacturing out of China, says Hook. Expenses would have to go up 15 or 20 percent. You know, if they were to make the phone in, in, in America instead of China. Other than Apple already having the infrastructure in China, the wages there are much lower than the U.S. Oh, thanks. Didn't realize that. Oh, yeah. Well, this is going to yeah, have you know. far-reaching repercussions. This is very sad. What will the people in the panel at Twit talk about? They'll talk about that, and they'll talk about <laughs> checking out the new iPhone and whether Galaxies is. Good. But there's no new phone. There's no phone, so there'll be dead air. No, it's Galaxy. Samsung will keep them busy. Oh, Samsung doesn't uh, manufacture in China. I don't know where they manufacture. They might make in Korea, for all we know. All right, I have I have a final short clip, 18 seconds. Important information, this is what the show does. We want to warn you. Concerns about the bird flu have prompted experts to ask ah. Americans not to feed birds this spring. So remove your bird feeders is what's being recommended in many areas. Oh, because the virus can spread anywhere <laughs> the birds are grouped together. Bird flu cases have been confirmed in 22 states. This is the worst outbreak in seven years. Yeah, well, you know what that means. What bull crap. Bird These flu put, comes to your Let's starve the birds. Yes. Kill the birds, kill the birds, kill the chickens, kill the turkeys. Follow the rules, slave. Coming up next on No Agenda Stream, if you happen to be listening live, another live show will kick in, the Lotus Podcast with Phoenix and Phone Boy. Everybody is on action, this podcasting thing. Love that. Oh, you know, I forgot to talk about my cast iron pans. Ah. I'm going to put it in the newsletter instead. There we go. End of show mixes from Professor JJ, Tom Starkweather, and Ducious. We appreciate that. And we'd like everybody to have a very happy Easter. For those of you in Europe, have a happy second day of Easter tomorrow. I have no idea why you guys get a bonus. And please um, remember us for uh, you know to come back on uh, Thursday. Coming to you from the heart of the Texas Hill Country. Here in FEMA Region Number 6 in the morning, everybody, I'm Adam Curry. And from Northern Silicon Valley... Where we're waiting for the rain. I'm John C. Dvorak. We return on Thursday right here on No Agenda. Please remember us at dvorak.org slash NA. Until then, ha!
adios, mofos! And such. But everybody knows who this guy is. Come on, man. Because it gets worse and worse for the one and only Joe Biden. Come on, man. And tonight, we are at the bitter end of yet another terrible week for Joe Biden. No one wants to really acknowledge him anymore. Come on, man. Well, now he's finished his speech, and he had no one there to shake his head. Look, he's going to be 75 years old. Look, lost and confused. Come on, man. Do you reckon it said on the autoprompter, turn to your right and stick your hand out, and then turn right again and look for someone and then just wander around? Lord, help us. He attempted to shake hands with someone who wasn't there. I feel sorry for this bloke. But everybody knows who this guy is. Come on, man. Because he can't help it. He just doesn't know what he's doing. Come on, man. Come on, man. Come on, man. Come on, man. And it's actually terrible for the world. This bloke is the leader of the free world. Who is, uh... Joe Biden claimed that he used to be a full professor. Come on, man. As a matter of fact, for four years, I was a full professor at the University of Pennsylvania. Come on, man. Yeah, yeah, that's just not true. Lord, help us. How do we deal with stateless actors without allies? He attempted to shake hands with someone who wasn't there. Do you reckon it said on the autoprompter, turn to your right and stick your hand out and then turn right again and look for someone and then just wander around? But everybody knows who this guy is. Come on, man. Come on, man. Look, lost and confused. But everybody knows who this guy is. Come on, man. Lord, help us. We were able to shrink his world quickly. There was nowhere left for him to run. James was taken into custody in Manhattan's East Village neighborhood after reportedly calling a tip line himself. He was arrested without incident. Bystander videos show police taking him into custody, and it came from a tip. He turned himself in, effectively. He's the one, she said, that called police. He's the one that gave police his location and ultimately was the one taken into custody without any incident. He had 33 discharged shell cases. Fired a Glock 17 9mm semi-automatic handgun at least 33 times. They say 33 times because 33 discharged shell cases were found at the scene. He was accused of firing 33 rounds. He then fired that weapon at least 33 times, striking 10 people. The camera in that subway station was working, unlike the 36th Street station in Sunset Park where the shooting occurred, where the cameras were not working. But they say he also left a trail of evidence behind. They found a credit card right there on the subway platform along with a number of other items that pointed to James's identity. Found a set of keys that were linked uh, to a U-Haul rental van uh, under Frank James's name. There's a lot of technology out there, including one of the things New York City is looking at is something that essentially does what uh, the checkpoints do when you go through at the airport, but without all of that, basically, that can just easily detect if there's some sort of weapon. Hoodie witnesses said he was mumbling to himself. Got to be more straightforward. I, I'm not going to be a mule. I, I, I'm, I, I, I got something to do. I got to go do boom, boom, boom. I was going to foot him in the air. I was going to foot him in the air. I was going to foot him in the air. To the word united. To the number 30330. 30330. Or 303330. 
Dvorak.org slash N-A Oh, I love that. 